and welcome to Decomposing Worm, a worm analysis podcast. That's Clarence. He's the first-time reader and literary expert. And that was Matthias. He's read the story before. In this... Okay, so it's not 12 now. Mm. It's more like 13 and a half-ish, 14 episode series. We're using critical theory to explore the superhero webs through a worm from a broader perspective, covering worm in six-ish, 300,000-word-ish chunks. Um, Yes, and today is part one of part one of book six overview. So this is, we're just doing like the first half, so it'll be arcs 27 through 29, and we're kind of looking at all the key points and everything, looking at the, you know, taking a plot-based examination Mm -hmm. uh, in a very linear fashion. Yeah, so as usual, if you haven't read, this is going to be, as we said, covering arcs 27 through 29, Uh, please do. Uh, This is a full spoilers discussion. Mm -hmm. Um, so why why did we lie? Uh, so okay, so I just arcs, think it's you know uh, amending, you know. Yeah, yeah. Ever so, evolving. Okay. To, to to be clear, very quickly, um, our our plan is we're going to be covering arcs twenty seven through twenty nine on this episode, and then in one week, not two weeks, we will be doing um, arcs thirty and ten or all. The reason is, uh, I, I we still maintain, I think that this. Section twenty seven through tenoral is like should yeah. be looked at as a chunk. I yeah, think. Yeah, our our division of reading has not shifted. We yeah. haven't created seven chunks. It's just there's so much to cover right. in these particular it, ones, and we really, I mean, there was a lot to cover in the other ones too. But this, we also have like the additional of kind of sorting through the entirety. You know, kind of. So yeah, we thought we would put it into two different episodes. Yeah. So next episode we'll be covering the the last arc spec and then the epilogue, and then we'll be talking about Worm as as a whole. So we actually have time to do that, and uh, so that way we get uh, what, probably like eight, eight hours of content. Yay! On this section, <laughs> anyway. Um, so uh, for the record, Clarence has finished Worm. Oh my yes, god! Yes, I have. It's what do you think? Exciting. Um, I am impressed. I'm usually by the end of it, I know what's going to happen. You know, in the climax part, like, but I, I, I was very much engaged the whole time. Mm-hmm. And not that I like check out with other readings, but it's just, there was, there was like enough variety and suspense that I like didn't immediately know how everything was going to be solved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it was just, I don't know. I mean, it's like so heavy and everyone mm-hmm. keeps falling apart a lot, yes. mostly Taylor, but. Um, yes. A lot of different kinds of falling apart. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. It was really good. Um, yeah, it, it, something that I'm always that I like to hype up about Worm is just that it actually sticks to landing. It's that's ludicrous to me mm-hmm. that something this long and released live too, so yeah, there wasn't retroactive yeah. planning, can actually have a satisfying ending is wild. Um, we won't be talking about the actual like ending ending until uh, next next week. Um, the, those final chapters. Uh, yeah, <laughs> which I'm very excited to talk, talk to you about, Clarence. Uh, um, I'm very excited to speak of. Yes. Um, so yeah, there's 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 so much wonderful things in here. Every so many characters come back up again. Yeah. Oh, I had um, it was there was really good like return to mm-hmm. a lot of people, and it was it was a fun like um, mix up, not mix up, mm-hmm. but like a like a, a variety of people in the groups, and there was like enough yeah. like. Uh, important side quests and everything that like allowed for a bunch of different combinations mm-hmm. and interactions uh which all went very well and i'm 
I mean, I'm sad that, you know, Cherish didn't kind of return. Mm, but I think that's Cherish is one of the very, very, very few, like, actual, not like loose threads, but like things that felt like they were going to come back and then didn't. I think she's yeah. one of the, the rare few. Um, yeah, but like the return of a lot of characters, I mm-hmm. especially like Shadowstalker and Lung, I think, mm-hmm. were the ones that I appreciated the most. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, but everyone, everyone is such fun. It was like this yes. nice balance of like heavy emotional moments and like end of world like grief and then like brevity mm. with all the camaraderie and everything and there was all this action and like I don't know, it was just very good. Yes. Yeah. Um yeah, and I think this this section is like so not explicit, but really, really mm-hmm. uh brings to the fore those those questions that Taylor has been circling around this entire book. Yeah, yeah. Um, now she's her, really sort of mm-hmm. forced to to confront herself. Yes. Um, and con- there's a lot of facing that other question, the the uh, response to utilitarianism, mm-hmm. I think, that this, yeah, book is doing. Um, so let, let's just, let's get into it. Um, as usual, as we go through these, it's impossible to stop and mention every beat of every through line um, and to talk in depth about every one. Uh, so we, we might skip a couple of things or just like brush over them. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk uh, about all the major ones. Um as, as far as we can if we miss something please let us know and and i mean there's uh you guys can still ask us questions in the next for for the next section or for the perspectives episode so um there's still time to uh ask us what we feel about stuff that we might have missed yeah um but okay so arc yes, 27 extinction um in which the first battle against Zion is a disaster it's quite a disaster first before before we like Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. enter into like the heaviness of of the the first battle i want to begin mm-hmm. um at the very beginning of this arc mm-hmm. um because i feel like it set the tone for a lot of the interactions later on um with like the main characters um specifically like with when taylor's like trying to deal with you know the face of all this destruction and and you know like what's going to happen she she likes um, finds like comfort in this like familiar touch of uh Rachel, right? That they're they're both sort of like like honestly, I feel like they their friendship throughout this entire um tale has been like the best, mm-hmm. and I yeah, feel like yeah. and I feel like that sort of like strength that they gather from each other in that moment kind of mm-hmm. carries everyone um throughout like the rest of the the rest of the story. Yeah, it's this very. I don't know what the word for this is, but it's like a, like I I I want the 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 connotations of physical, but applied, um, not taken literally. Mm-hmm. Like the, it's like a physical feeling of of connection between characters yeah. without it just being words. Um, yeah, and I think uh, Rachel uh, throughout all these arcs, um, but yeah, starting here is her nonverbal, um, like base level, like base emotional level connection with Taylor. Yeah, is, yeah. So strong. Um, I, I think it's actually it would be interesting to view uh, Rachel and Tattletail. Look me using the the different code names for the different ones, but mm-hmm. uh, Rachel and Lisa as almost like foils of friendship to Taylor. Like they yeah. both are Taylor's friend in such like different ways. Yeah, yeah. There's very different sorts of dynamics between each of them. It, like Lisa is so it, it's words. It's cerebral. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And Rachel is the one that Taylor, like, actually, like, cries on. Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting as a thought. Well, it's also, it's very interesting in this particular moment, too, because Taylor has not, like, she's not really been examining her emotions. She's not really, like, she's just been kind of sticking them away and compartmentalizing. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel like this is one of those moments where she she really sorts of, like, sort of um, allows herself to be more present in her emotions Mm -hmm. yeah so um i I, we we can go through the the first beat here Mm -hmm. um that that, that i have which is um so uh, we we open the section after san has just started blowing up some continents and um our team basically goes through goes to brockton bay saves a couple people and then goes through the, the the portal um and during this taylor is actually like really taking the time to feel deaths she's thinking about all the people being lost um, and she walks among the, the refugees at one point and, like, truly, like, observes, like, how horrible things are. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, uh, yeah, the, t- basically taking stock of the pain. A lot like how Gollum was, except this is in not, I guess this is one of the quiet moments, kind of like, uh, after Aster died, but, um, yeah. it's not during a fight, like mm-hmm. Gollum sort yeah. of did. Yeah, he, he, like, his, like immediate response is to like i need to process this emotionally and like because everyone else around me is not going to like i need to take this particular moment immediately where she sort of was like i'm i'm still going to be present and like looking and helping and taking stock and that sort of thing and like still in the action but at the same time i'll have like this layered upon in my head like this sort of like not even processing but just like experiencing mm-hmm. yeah 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 um, so a, a different note on this section, um, there's a lot of imagery of her being literally above all of the mm-hmm. non-parahumans mm-hmm. and just all the parahumans being that way. Um, obviously she like flies, so she flies from, what is it, Los Angeles that is the final confrontation, yeah, I think? I, I think Flies so. over to Brockton Bay and just looking down at the landscape. Yeah. Uh, yeah. literally and seeing all the people running away. Um, and then when they are going to Gimmel through the portal... They use the the dogs to leap off of like some of the ladders that people are setting up to get up to the portal because it's like in the air, mm-hmm. like literally flying above them and, yeah, and almost yeah. like causing harm to do like they're all non humans are kind of dumbstruck. And then finally, um, as she's walking through the crowd, eventually she's like, I'm tired of of walking and she flies up in the air again to see just the mass of mm-hmm. humanity uh, and, and she flies away Um yeah, it's quite, yeah. um, it's a very different experience, like, parahumans experiencing mm-hmm. the end of the world versus, like, the refugees and non-parahuman, mm-hmm. just, like, regular people. Um, because I think, and I feel like that, like, that, um, aerial or, like, a uh, height or elevation difference, I don't, I don't know the mm-hmm. adjective to use, but, um, I feel like that visualizes it really well. Um, yeah. Where, like, all these people, like, they, they have to immediately start setting up like their lives again they have to you know create create those those structures for these small like societies to like reestablish themselves and kind of set up this new societal norms and all of this and like start functioning mm-hmm. again um it's it's like a like a worldwide you know um response in the similar way that like Brockton Bay had to just sort of like reset itself after Leviathan mm-hmm. um whereas all the parahumans are like completely like um 
detached from but, that. Yeah, they're not even. I mean, I'm sure some people like Dragon are. I mean, they they mm-hmm. get involved a little bit later, but like, but like in the immediate, they they have this like other task, other tasks that they're dealing with, and if they are dealing with it, it's only because mm-hmm. like um when when some others like start to fall into like anarchy and and you know there's trouble with um people not wanting to right. fight Sc- the scion and everyone but like there's yeah. there's just yeah. a very like marked difference which sounds very between scary each of them um each of but experiences. yeah there's that perspective i think yeah. that, that that comes up a couple of times which is basically like mm-hmm. yeah taylor could be doing search and rescue but i think like even we the reader we're really feeling like ugh, like to to be to be taking the time to save one person at a time seems like such a waste for our heroes in in the face of millions of people dying a second right Mm-hmm. Um, it it feels truly like hopeless to be saving a couple people at a time. Yeah, yeah. It feels it feels very much like that mentality that Panacea had way at the beginning, mm-hmm. where she's like, mm. "You can't I'm, save them all." Yeah, and... like you can't save them all. But I like this like hypertension, I guess, on it, mm-hmm. where she's like, yeah. "I must be doing this like as much as I possibly can," and even then, it's not going to be enough. Right. That's such a good statement. I think actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the next moment, I actually, I there's there's two moments I actually forgot to write down, Clarence, mm. and I don't know how I forgot them. Um, one is when she's in the refugee camp, she sees the Barnes. Um, she does. She sees Emma yeah. Barnes' uh, mom, dad, and sister, and they all like and they blame are all, her. They're very angry. It at seems her. like yeah, yeah, they're glaring at her, um, and she thinks that it's because like Taylor assumes it's because they blamed her for yeah. Not being enough, or something. I don't something. know if that's mm-hmm. what they are experiencing, though. I feel like that's just like her reading it mm-hmm. that yeah. way. I feel like they're probably just at a loss because they've lost their kid, and then yeah. they've lost like their entire reality. And you know what I mean? Like, I I feel like there's there's it's not limited to her. They're just angry, yeah, and upset, um, or so... like they're grieving, and their grief turns into anger, sort of thing. So basically, so this is not my original observation. This oh. is something that the community has brought brought up, and it mm-hmm. was talked about. And we've got worm. Um, but so during Emma's interlude, we see how after her original trauma, she stayed in her room and and never left. Right. Yeah. And she built up her, you know, this identity that was able to strengthen her of like being better than than Taylor. Right. Mm-hmm. Not being Taylor. And then Taylor turns out to be a warlord and scares her with a centipede, right? And so we can kind of imagine what happened after, you know, maybe she regressed. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the, 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 um, I'm not entirely sure if Wabo confirmed it, but I I think it's, I think it is what happened is that uh, the apocalypse happened and she just wouldn't leave her room because of Taylor breaking her defense mechanism, essentially. And so that's why the Barnes blame her. Yeah, yeah. Although that's not really her fault, but... Yeah. yeah, well, I still feel like they just kind of... She's a placeholder that both Emma and, like, her family have, like, made mm-hmm. and decided that she will be this, like, sort of yeah. scapegoat type. Yeah, she's, she is... You know, she's, like, told, she's at fault for Emma's... Yeah, Emma's inability to get over her trauma. Yeah, yeah. Like, she became, she became this, like, idealized anti-self, I guess. Yeah. You yeah. know, so really, it's I, I feel like it's that that coping mechanism mm-hmm. that you know I don't know, and then they like because they can't blame that. yeah like Emma. I mean she didn't I don't know she's a victim yeah right in in this scenario so 
who can you blame? Yeah. 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 Um, uh, so another moment that I forgot to write down <laughs> is uh, so Taylor kind of overwhelmed with everything and the hopelessness of, of fighting back um, yeah. starts flying over the ocean and just flying and flying um, until she gets basically too far to turn back. Um, she's sort of saved by Tattletail making a portal to the, the major meeting. Uh, and later on, Taylor um, reflects that she would have fought back. Like, she was throwing herself out there, but if it had run out of battery, she would have, like, tried to stay alive. That does, that, I don't know, that's, I feel like she, in this moment, like, in these early, like, stages of, of processing what's happening, mm-hmm. um, she's sort of, like, setting up both, like, she's, she's setting up these things that she's not going to examine. Mm-hmm. You know, like at work, like her self destructiveness. Yeah. Like, oh my yeah. gosh, that's interesting though, because that's kind of like what she does. You know, where we were talking about, where it's like she runs away, like physically. Oh, yeah. I was about to connect it to her to arc one, where she, some people read her going up and, and fighting Lung, who's very strong and potentially like could kill her and almost mm-hmm. did. Not it's not like a death wish. She's not actually trying to get herself killed, but she's so, like, not blasé, but like does not want to think about the risks, mm-hmm. I guess, or doesn't want to. Well, whatever anger that she's carrying, she uses it mm-hmm. to justify to herself that what she's doing is what needs to happen. At that, like, she like hypes herself up almost mm-hmm. with her anger that she like has decided yes. should be focused on this one particular thing. Yeah. But it's really just like that's her way of processing or not processing mm-hmm. almost um, whatever thing that she just experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which I think that's why later on she gets so mad that I mean, there's also like the whole like saving the world thing. But like, I feel like that's one of the reasons why she gets so mad that everyone just sort of like a lot of people are just kind of going to give up mm-hmm. later on where she's like, no, this this is what needs to be done. Like, this is. Mm-hmm. she's like she's made this her mission and now she like has to do it yeah 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 that that's what can save her yeah sometimes is fo- is that focus yeah mm-hmm. um so then we have this uh major meeting with all the this, we have this meeting with all the major players uh we have uh, dr mother saint um the guild which is basically just dragon and defiant uh the thunder are there the three are the oh, three blasphemies there? Just... i think the three blasphemies are in the like... next meeting yeah, yeah. Um, and the Undersiders are there. Funnily and, enough. of course, um, Bonesaw. Yeah, which is understandably objectionable to a yes. large which, array uh, of people. Also, 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 okay, so each of the teams have this, like, stylized, like, nameplate, mm. okay? Including for Bonesaw, she has nine, okay? So, like, who made these who made the style like the one for the undersiders is like graffiti right yeah, yeah. which sounds super cool it's like wild like did contessa make these like it was just, just a like little her, project yeah she's just in her room just kind of making these yeah 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 i could picture it oh, I, those people but uh specifically it does like that they had one set aside for the nine is just I, like they implied in in that first meeting um, when when Kansu appeared, that they would have invited the nine if they were around. Yeah, yeah. Which is insanity. Although, I mean, they do like they collected a lot of some of the clones, mm. right? Yes, that's like they true. had all those. Contessa they had all those the... harbingers, which yeah. I was so excited to run across. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ah, 
I wrote in my little notes, I wrote Harbinger five times with exclamation points. <laughs> that's that's so wonderful. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, because it goes um, back to their whole like amorality thing that they're like mm, super. Yeah, they, they want to use all the, the tools. Yeah, they're like, we need tools. To it doesn't really matter what they did before. Right. Um, so, so speaking of Dr. Mother, um, talks about how they knew that the end of the world was going to happen. They knew mm-hmm. that Sion was going to end the world and that this, where already millions of people are dead, is a best case scenario. Yeah. Which, I mean, we kind of knew that, didn't we? Mm. Like with, when we were talking to Dinah way early on, where mm. she was listing on the numbers, um, and percentages and everything, it was kind of one of those things where it's like, it's, it's not possible to save everyone. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. if we did this, then there'd be less, but it's still going to be a lot. Yeah. Um, which doesn't minimize the law, like the loss at all, I think. Yeah. But yeah, I, they just, they're really, Dr. Mother's just so callous. Yeah. Whenever, like anybody from college, and they're all so callous when they're articulating their plans. Like if they yeah. learned how to like be sympathetic to the people mm-hmm. they're trying to get to do things, like I feel like it would work better. Yeah. You know, like, and I feel like they would, yeah, like, more if they too. told people, I mean, I get that they have, like, this whole, like, Contessa has all it, these nice, like, this checklist to do things, mm-hmm. and Dr. Mother is like, detached herself from humanity, because she, like, I, but it's... I, I think regarding communication, it's, like, where do you draw the line yeah. of of inviting, like, you can't tell the world, mm-hmm. right? I mean, at this point, with all the groups, they should have told the major groups. Yeah. That's a small enough group, but, like, how do you decide when is the time to... So, yeah, yeah, uh, I kind of get it. I don't know. I just feel like they really had such trouble with it because they they're yeah. like so attached to that like detachment, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be- well, especially at this point, they're like way too deep to start considering morals because then they, I think, they would just like be like if they actually suddenly grew uh, yeah. a conscience. Well, that's what didn't Contessa Contessa had that thought mm. um, when she was like in her interlude when she was thinking about the death of Dr. Mother, mm-hmm. where she was just kind of like, she didn't really feel anything for it, about it. Mm. And she's like, yeah. if I was someone else and I died, I wouldn't feel anything for me either. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like she kind of is aware, but unwilling yeah. to like fully acknowledge. Uh, yeah. I, I think we'll have more to say when we get to yeah, her yeah, interlude as well. Yeah. Um, so during this meeting, uh, Tattletail erodes Bonesaw mm-hmm. uh, in, back into Riley. Um, so it's like during her time with Jack, she she built up a Bonesaw personality again. Um, and uh, Tattletail makes her turn it off and then tells her that just being sorry is not nearly enough. Yeah. Picturing uh, someone that she kind of likes is faces on all of her victims yeah. is not enough. Uh. And, and it's such a... that, And you can really tell, like, Bonesaw's, like, really, like, just grasping mm-hmm. for something, and, and that's what she's grasped onto. And she, I think she knows how, like, ch- childish yeah. and, like, yeah. naive and, like, not enough that is. Um, well, she's just been y- yeah. surrounded and, like, like, you know, seeped in the way that Jack thinks for so long. Yeah. I mean, I know, like, she had a while when she was just by herself, but, like, I feel like it takes, like, your whole life, if you are stuck in a situation like that, to, like, to, like, extract that, like, influence over your life, Mm -hmm. I guess. I don't know. I don't know if I'm phrasing that correctly, but I just, I don't know. No, yeah. It's just, like, it seems like a 
really long time and like a like a to unlearn something takes a really long time yeah and you have to like actually and work at it we can really tell th- throughout the section that she is like trying mm-hmm. yeah, and it, yeah. It's, but it's it's really interesting because it's like you want to reward someone trying to be better right yeah but also like it it's not right for it to be easy either yeah well because we like all the there's so many of her like immediately affected victims around her you know mm-hmm. like it's not like she like went off and is like making herself anew and and you know learning to be in a new environment like she's she's having to like completely rebuild herself in the midst of all these people who know her as she was yeah and like have traumatic memories of that yeah there's the the part later on um right when taylor's is building her uh seven samurai uh with lung and and everyone that um they they talk to aisha talks to bonesaw and basically says you know you you hurt my brother mm-hmm. and she doesn't remember bonesaw did like didn't remember who that was and she kind yeah. of like faked it but she didn't really yeah it was this really like peculiar uncomfortable like where she's like yeah. trying to be like um that was a bad one not one of the really really bad ones yeah. but bad i don't know yeah i don't know it's just like there's so much hurt that's like immediately where she is you know and i feel like it lets up a little bit like when like some of the other birdcage or some of the birdcage how did i forget the birdcagers haha <laughs> um but like some of the people who were from the birdcage came in mm-hmm. later on i feel like she has more space to, like it's it like they're more accommodating i guess if yeah. that makes sense um, like or like there's the, mm-hmm. uh there was something that i feel like panacea said it where she's like who's who's the best to give someone a second chance is someone who wants a second chance as well mm. or something was that was that panacea to bone about um, bonesaw i have no idea i wait actually i have no idea i don't remember that sounds uh, familiar yeah. though yeah i feel like that's that, that was their conversation um because mm. panacea was talking to like tattletale or taylor or something i don't know I feel like Taylor would would agree with that sentiment. Yeah. If it yeah. wasn't her. Well, also Taylor like in the meeting is like doing her thing mm-hmm. where she like sympathizes with a bad villain she's, and everyone else is she's like rationalizing for like, her. Yeah. Yeah. Flipping out and not doing well and she's just like, "Huh, man, like yeah, like that that does make sense." And everyone is like, "What do you like they're they're yeah. having this really like they're actively like not doing well beside mm-hmm. her." It, it t- Brian is right beside her, yeah, right beside like, her, as she's saying, like, yeah, Tattletail is kind of being hard on her, isn't she? I just, I was like, Taylor, what are you doing? I mean, it, she's like, yeah, she's playing devil's advocate. She does. When, like, someone w- it's like was not a good literally in hell a second that. ago. Yeah. <sighs> but then she does that all the time. Like, yeah. every time that she encounters an opponent, she, like, sizes herself up against them. Mm. Um. Yeah. Although she doesn't empathize with a lot of people while she's like fighting them, I don't think. No. I think she specifically doesn't. Like I can't recall her doing that for you know Lung or Alexandria, for example. Oh no! Um, but yeah. in the aftermath, no, yeah, I think so. Yeah, she like sorts through particular traits. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, next, uh, we we have a little bit of a lull. Uh, Taylor goes to talk to Shadowstalker. Yes. Um, and uh, they have a really. Uh, intricate conversation. Yes. Uh, Taylor sort of like Shadowstalker tries to claim Taylor's success as her own, which mm-hmm. Taylor both like knows is like a, a false grab and like denies it herself, but mm-hmm. also 
kind of and she later actually I think does learn to accept it like that's kind of sort of true in some ways that Chad Soccer like did influence her to become the way she is now not that it was a good thing at all but her ruthlessness does partly yeah, come from yeah. that yeah um at the end of this conversation Telltale uh lets Shadowstalker go free and join the fight even though uh she <laughs> assaults her again uh because Taylor's not afraid of her anymore mm-hmm. yeah I just these two are so interesting to me because Taylor like her her rivalry that we encountered at the beginning, like the main like head bully was Emma. Right. And, like the way that she presented it to us. But then it seems like later on we get the clarity that it wasn't I, Emma was definitely the it wasn't necessarily the instigator, but definitely like became so. Mm-hmm. And it was much more like an intimate sort of hate because it was like the breaking of a friendship. But like yeah. these two have like they like became enemies without like ever being friends mm, but then they mm-hmm. have but then like i don't know and then and then the confrontation we get that there's the satisfying end to like you know taylor growing and and being able to like face her bullies is emma right yeah. instead of instead of shadow Sarker. so this conversation is so fascinating um mm-hmm. because the the i feel like the moment of confrontation didn't happen with taylor it happened with regent mm-hmm. so it's like and then taylor doesn't really know the whole details of that yeah so it's like they're on this sort of uneven footing and it's like shadow soccer is is um has like decided to hate taylor Mm -hmm. but like because because she like externalizes her pain as well so they have this like weird like parallel thing going on what do you mean by externalizes her pain as well like because like the way that she sort of like confronts her like identity and her like she mm-hmm. feels like she mm-hmm. isn't loved or like she doesn't have the love mm-hmm. that Taylor had, like the parental love or like that, that friendship. Like she, she doesn't, I feel like she can't fully comprehend like a friendship that doesn't have an inherent power dynamic mm-hmm. or like that's, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So like she, she wants to, like she wants what Taylor has, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's yeah. because she, she feels like she didn't like, she didn't know how to like show what process her pain in a healthy way, right? Or like, yeah, like pr- like you know conceptualize or like perceive the world differently than how she's like you know imagined it, right? So like, yeah. So her when when she externalizes that, it's like she is she's like placed that upon Taylor, but then Taylor is just kind of like confounded by it even more so, like because it she doesn't see the the connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, and then I, they, they're just really an interesting dynamic there. You know what's weird? I mm. think if they if Taylor had gone to the wards and okay, if Taylor wasn't already bullied by Sophia mm-hmm. and she went to the wards, I think they would be friends. I think, I think they would be friends. That I think that's what's so yeah. interesting. Yeah, is that there's like there's like like if if Sophia at school had been a different person mm-hmm. and she joined the wards yeah if they had targeted someone else no like i mean like like, like, if taylor if taylor was still bullied you know because otherwise she won't be the person that you know she would have been otherwise if if it wasn't them too yeah i think they would like have like a sort of like like sort of the 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 dynamic that rachel and taylor had at the very beginning yeah where they like fought a bunch but they like were friends still i think that would kind of she just needs someone to be persistent Mm-hmm. And persistently break her expectations 
of what and also be brutal yeah i think yeah, it's like, also like someone who like actively deconstructs the way that she sees the world mm-hmm. you know and like you know gives her love and and attention in a way that she didn't have before mm-hmm. you know i don't know it, it just it's so interesting that in this late hour she's the one who appears to like be present i i mean they're both extremely angry yeah like, they, they both have terrible anger issues and i think like they would be able to it, maybe they wouldn't actually see each other but i think i just think i can picture a scene where shadowstalker and taylor are on patrol together and taylor just brutalizes some criminals mm-hmm. and shadowstalker is like yeah that's yeah. i mean that's kind of what happened uh when during that first uh scene where uh where they they, they captured her mm-hmm. um yeah see like i feel like they they are like the enemies to friends trope. I mm, feel like they mm-hmm. could have been that, even if yeah. they didn't fully achieve it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I feel like that's like the rest of it. Like there's a whole bunch of these sorts of conversations that happen between the two or around them about them throughout mm-hmm. these like arcs that I just I feel like make that so plain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry I've been talking um, about this forever. I just I I they're just really interesting. Yeah no yeah it, and it's something that like I don't think we even. We didn't expect there was like a need for it, um, yeah. but it was, it's super necessary for, for the story, I think, yeah. to, to have Taylor reflect by, by speaking to Shadowstalker. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in this conversation is where Taylor starts talking about masks a lot, mm-hmm. the masks that people wear, the identities that people create that they com- convince themselves is them, but is a construction that is not the entire them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and how it's like not even just in costume; it's also in all sorts of different situations and yeah, yeah, yeah. layers even. Very interesting. Um, this sort of conversation about masks because she's been thinking about like costuming and self, right? We've been having we had that discussion a couple of of uh, like books ago, right? The couple of sections mm-hmm. ago. Um, but now she's thinking even more so of like it's not like a hat that I put on; it's not like a you know, the armor that I put on and the color of costume, it's, it's who, which, which self am I? Like, which self mm-hmm. of my identity am I going to choose to put on? Right. Um, because they're like, the identity is, is present because it's known, I guess. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Um, it's a, it's the whole thing of like interpolation, right? Of like, mm-hmm. it, it becomes, you like, you become known in a public space because someone identifies you as something. Right. Yeah. And so like each of these identities that she holds, she like they they are known with these particular traits because people know them because she knows them as that. Right. And I feel like now she's mm. sort of like she doesn't feel like any of them quite fit anymore. And yeah. then she doesn't really know what to do with herself now because she's like, I don't know how to be myself without those. Yeah. Yeah. It's that um, I forget where I read it recently. Um, maybe they could have even been you telling me, but um the idea that we can never be truly aware of what our self is because our self evolves from moment to moment. Yes. As we take, as we do new actions, the idea of ourself uh, changes and we're sort of always catching up in mm-hmm. our construction of the self. Yeah. Yeah. Always becoming. Uh, yeah. Um, so actually in the, I'll, so in the, this next um, moment, and we'll, we'll talk more about this idea. Uh, Taylor goes to pick out a costume for the, the coming fight, right? Mm-hmm. So who is she going to be in this final battle, right? Skitter, Weaver, something else. Uh, she decides to be herself, 
which is a combination of all that. She decides to be Taylor Hebert, but um, she I, for one thing, this idea of who Taylor Hebert is to her is like a construction, mm-hmm. and she doesn't even know what it means. Yeah. Also, I would like to have a side note that I totally forget mm-hmm. her last name all the time. <laughs> and there's like, I feel like I feel like Shadowstalker referred to her in as her last name or something, or somebody did, mm, and it was Hebert, like, yeah. I feel it like was she's really disorienting. I was like, who are you talking to? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while since we've heard her. Her, her last name, name, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sorry, um, continue. <laughs> well, so she, I think, if I remember correctly, she chooses the, the skitter costume. Yeah, she does. But with, like, the, the black, uh, or was it black or gray? Shoot. It's one, it's one or the other. I don't remember which. I think black. Yeah, she chooses the black costume. Right. And she notes that almost every one of these choices in her costume are, like, not actually practical. This is, they are entirely aesthetic and emotional yeah, decisions. Like, yeah. she talks about how her costume, like, would defend her, but it's not like it's going to save her from a scion beam. It's so right? interesting, like, how how often in at, in these, like, next moments of, like, her decision-making is... Mm-hmm. is uh, intentionally yeah it's like not practical. yeah it's intentionally choosing sentiment over usefulness like mm-hmm. or efficiency or whatever when and it, it's so yeah she like really actively decides that she's going to do that yeah so so she chooses just to finish off she she chooses her Sorry. the the black no it's no no i think i, I want to return to that thought in a second yeah she chooses her uh black skitter costume mm-hmm. but uses like the the weaver uh like colors as sort of highlights the yeah. white and blue i think and she keeps the the flight pack um and uh she also holds on to her pepper spray mm-hmm. and so as a reflection so, so one thing you're talking you mentioned so reconnecting with this old idea of, of taylor right yeah um i think it, this idea of, of picking sentiment i don't know how much she did that at the beginning but she even in the beginning did choose to have her hair free mm-hmm. i think that's a reflection of that or, or an echo of that, I guess. Um, like that, that is still there. That that part has never left her. She's yeah, never yeah. covered up her hair. Still, even at even at the very in the last chapter, she leaves the back of her head uncovered mm-hmm. with her hair out. Um, yeah. So so that that I think if anywhere in the past she has chosen sentiment over practicality, that aesthetic choice of her costume is it. Yeah. 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 It was just it was just very interesting. Um, this like very emotional dressing that she was like preparing the fight for the fight mm-hmm. um, instead of just like a physical dressing, I guess, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Phys- instead of just not... physically preparing, it's like emotionally dressing. Yeah. Cause it's not even just the costume, like physically, like it, there's the pepper spray just in her pack, mm-hmm. just as a memory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I was walking around Wait. with this concept about like, I don't know, like placing like building a home into a body or onto a body, mm-hmm. um, which I feel like would do that a lot. I don't know. Well, I was thinking about it because I went out to the grocery store, um, mm-hmm. and I wore like a like a jacket for like the first time in like a while because it's been hot out. But yes, um, yeah, I don't know. Just I, well, I was thinking about it before too about like like you know what physical attributes do we place upon ourselves to to you know kind of construct something between us and the world you know like like mm-hmm. you know glasses or like a beard or or you know a specific pair of jeans or you know like there's 
I don't know, there's there's pieces of like of like comfort and home that we like carry around. Yeah, and some more literal than others. Yeah. Um, like um, as analogous to like the pepper spray. I mean, people do carry around like talismans and you know rings and stuff that remember remind them of other things. I mean, wedding rings. It's a great example, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, people put sentimental things on keychains to literally carry them around and that's in, the, in addition to clothing and things i know i know people who do mean it literally that they feel like putting on makeup is like putting on armor mm-hmm. like yeah that it is a, a a a shield yeah yeah very interesting um, yes public iterations of of self and the construction of self. I've been ranting recently about how I, I think it's horrible that we don't get to choose our own bodies. Like, what the, what is up with that? That's not moral, uh, I think. Physicality if is I just was, very annoying. Well, that's what I was thinking. If I was the creator, like, I would let consciousnesses choose their appearances. That, well, that just seems right. Well, I was thinking right. just in terms of, like, of that, of, like, adornment as mm-hmm. a piece, like, a, as, as, you know, like, a additive to, like, create individuality and, and ownership over self or, like, you know, mm. kind of a physical iteration or like physical manifestation of of like agency over like or autonomy you know um yeah but i was thinking about it in tattoos you know and piercings Mm. and like hair and nails and like like pieces of of ourself that we we add on to you know yeah which it's like a like a like graffiti you know in a stairway Mm -hmm. Like tagging it, yeah. Yeah, You're Saying yeah. that I, I am here. I'm making the choice to put this here. Mm-hmm. This is my place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like well, it's just I feel like art is one of those pieces of of like our collective creation that we mm-hmm. are we can take over. Um, like you know, uh, the free will. I suppose that whole debate. Like I feel like mm-hmm. that like creation is is like our creations are something that we can just you know that we can claim ownership over in mm-hmm. a way that, that some other things, you know, like the things that are left to chance or left to, you know, other, th- you know, uh, powers that we, we don't have as much control over. Right. Yeah. Which, which yeah. I mean, that's, I, that, that, that includes, I suppose, you know, any sort of like fashion and, and makeup and, and, you know, any of that. Any, any mark that someone leaves on the world. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's a good tangent. Yes, you're welcome. Uh, to, to, <laughs> thank you. So to to bring it back um, uh, on on the the pepper spray, I did want to just um, say that like I just think it's really really fascinating how the pepper spray is not useful the entire mm. rest of the book. Yeah, it's not. It it in fact it like dis- distracts her at a couple key moments. Um, the one time it like comes up in an action where it's used again is during spec when uh, Taylor gives it to Tattletale and she doesn't even know why mm-hmm. um and it's a, just like a sentimental statement yeah uh, to like trust her i think or, or that she's still herself i think um it, we'll, we'll talk about it more in the next episode but uh i i don't know i think most authors with something like sentimental and, and symbolic like that would have their character like use it literally mm-hmm. like as a sort of uh to symbolize how, like, ha, this connection to her past is her true power, capital T, capital P. Yeah, it would make it nice. Um, like, the the narrative would get nice and, like, tight, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which I think that's why, but, mm-hmm. like, those those expected things, the things that you thought were going to happen, because that's what happens. Like, the, the you know, the narrative expectations are, are exceeded 
or like worked around mm-hmm. or like you know turned right. upside down in the yeah. end of this which i feel like is why the end of worm like is so wonderfully innovative i guess i don't usually like mm-hmm. to t- use that term um but i feel like it applies here um no i think so too yeah where it, it's everything is like i mean there's nothing new under the sun right yeah um but it's not but it's, it's not like, it doesn't do that thing where like at the end everything like you know it, it's it's not a shakespearean comedy ending where you know everyone's mm-hmm. going to get married and the evil you know or the fool like someone's going to get banished you know mm-hmm. there there is it, there's resolution but it's not it's not um wrote you know or expected mm-hmm. yeah like it's still it's still surprising and and refreshing it's like it's it's natural in the way that like tree roots are where they'll they'll all end up where like the, the mm-hmm. direction will be how you expect like and it will go where it needs to go yeah. but the route is circuitous the the like the, the the all the specifics are different and changed but they still feel natural yes yes um i don't actually know if that applies to tree roots at all but just like an organic thing it's fine. but yeah <laughs> we we've talked about biology enough to pretend like we know what we're talking yes. about yeah i suppose that's um though. Yeah, it's, it's a branch of biology. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> let's, let's let's finally move on. So the, all of the, the heroes gather for their the first of the final fights uh, mm-hmm. on, on the oil rig. They gather on a, on a clifftop where um, a, a lot of birdcage members appear. Uh, we see a lot of characters um, who are all sort of mourning the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, Aisha is, is talking about all the things she's going to miss. Um yeah. And then uh, Taylor talks to the the fairy queen before the fight starts, uh, and she also tells Groove to join the fight because he's. It's fine if you're scared, but uh, you're useful. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh. oh, that's so much. That's so much. Like I didn't notice it at the beginning when that happened, and mm-hmm. it, I didn't think to mark it down. No, of course. Um, but now looking back on it, it's like ah, uh, what what a gut punch that is mm-hmm. to know what's going to happen. It makes, and then know that she re- won't know what's re- going to happen. Like, oh. oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a thing to carry in, around. In a couple years' time, Clarence, do read Worm again. It will be delightful. It's worth it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But also, um, I'm, I, I, it wasn't what I was really excited. Like, I wanted Taylor to, like, go to the birdcage. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm perfectly happy for them all to, like, come pre-approved. To join the fight, like mm-hmm. I'm, I, I was so excited that they all just like popped out mm-hmm. um, for the final battle, um, mm-hmm. and it was just very exciting and and interesting. And there's so many like new characters that mm-hmm. joined at such a late moment. Yes, um, yes. So just, some just fascinating, like awful. Like we we only get just glimpses of them, yeah. but we know that we want to talk more to them. String theory, lab rat, and their interactions. Oh my gosh! And, so um, fascinating. I, I mean. I mean, just 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 acid bath, okay. In the last section, I think maybe even in in spec, right? Mm. For like uh, such a short interaction, but we can already tell he's just like such a fucked up dude. I know. And like, but like in a interesting, like defensive way. Yeah. It's oh, it's wonderful. Ah ah yeah. There's just so much character potential wandering around, and it's just ah yeah. Very interesting, and I got excited about it. Um, and and ones we didn't even talk to. Uh, there's a crane, the harmonious. Uh, I don't know if mm. you remember that part, um, but it she's 
the 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 beats we get of her is that she uh, was sort of a martial artist that sort of like had a cult of like young heroes, and she yes. like approaches one hero and like lays her yeah like, yeah she, she kisses oh my his gosh. forehead for that like an awkward deal? time. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. so that is that is one thing that uh, Wildwa has talked about a lot of outside of in story text, mm-hmm. and I think it's very enjoyable to read. So um, it's very I mean it's exposition because he's just he's he's explaining what happens. Yeah, it's telling, yeah. but. Um, yeah. She's an interesting character, too. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And in, Ingenue, okay. is that how you pronounce? Um, I think it's Ingenue. Ingenue. I think, but I'm not entirely certain. Very, very interesting mm-hmm. that she just, like, unlocks and leaves them to go wreak havoc. So yeah. amazing. So amazing. Very interesting. The the ambiguousness of her influences. I mean, it's very clear that there's something going on with her power, yeah. but we don't understand but it's like how. is it intentional is it unintentional like yeah. who knows is it like Aisha's that power? is very like, ambiguous so yeah. interesting yeah. yeah and then the ver the the like uh verbiage of the fairy queen um like the way that she makes sense of mm. all of her knowledge and and right. the way that everything fits together um is i mean i just like i i know i talk about shakespeare a lot and I promise I'm not that kind of literature person all the time. Like, I promise. I promise I'm not just a Shakespeare person. I don't, like, I don't subscribe to the, like, European and, like, white men American literary canon. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, all of that to say, I really like her description of, like, the actor, like, her collection of, of you know, the different shards as, like, actors who've left the stage and, like, mm-hmm. all of her cryptic metaphors and everything that are all, like, very fanciful and frustrating and Eidolon just, like, gets mm-hmm. so mad later on about it. Yeah. I mean, I don't fully understand all of them, and I feel like I need to go back and, like, read through them to it, understand more, it, but... Yeah, so, um, I hope it was still enjoyable without fully understanding oh, no, what's going on. like, yes. Okay. Yes, yeah. I liked it a lot. So, I think this... Uh, the Fairy Queen's dialogues in, in all her sections, I think, is one of those times where Wildbow is writing to particular parts of his audience, mm-hmm. right? Because this was released week by week, chapter by chapter. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you can see it in any of the live stories. Like, if you're reading Pale, the entire community is dedicated to figuring things out, right? Throwing yeah, theories yeah. about, trying to unravel these enigmas. And I think this is one particularly difficult one that he gave out. It, and so, yeah. it's also... It serves a double purpose. I don't know if he had this in mind when he was originally writing it, but it's really great for rereaders when you go back and you're like, oh, mm, that's what understand. that was about. Yeah. And you try to figure it out. Also, yeah. the metaphor about uh, players leaving the stage, I just realized, like, actually it makes tons of sense because, like, the shards still exist out there. They're mm-hmm. just not around acting. They're, they're like, just waiting they're in still the wings. there. Yeah. Ah, yes. I just, I like theater references. Yes. I'm also not a theater person. I would like to clarify that too. I, d- I don't mean to alienate any of these people. But I just mm-hmm. I like theater references in literature a lot. Yes, mostly just I think it's just because I like cross genre and like intertextual mm. conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, I found I would say the Fairy Queen is probably one of my favorite characters. Yeah, she's um, yeah, just because yeah. she's just so interesting the way that she like understands it because it, it's so different than how everyone else understands. And and her like identity conflict, I think, is also really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We'll have more to say about her during uh, the tenoral mm-hmm. section. Um, so uh, the, so all of the 
uh, heroes gather on the oil rig where they're planning to do 12 attacks <sighs> uh, in, in succession, including uh, with some Slaughterhouse-Nine clones, including a, a Chuckles clone, which is... Oh, yeah, I noticed that. And I was kind of like, yeah. that was that was a yeah. bad deal last time. Yep. And they were um, just kind of like, yep, he's here now. Fine. He's, he's under control. Yeah. Uh, we talked to some of the heroes. Clockblocker's there mm-hmm. um, and, and says some of his final, um, I don't know what to call it. Um, we see his, his perspective before the end. Yeah. Before he, you know, gets scioned. Oh. Um, so the, the attacks uh, begin and they, they, some of them work. Uh, String Theory blasts Scion into space. Oh. Um, and it's, it's really fun. Uh, until Sion well, just appears. Well, they had like, this whole plan to like jump around or something, didn't they? Where it mm-hmm. was like they were going to different places, and then String Theory shows up and is like, ha-ha. And Sion's like, angry, shows up where everyone is standing, just yeah. very mad. Yeah. Um, yes. Sion throws a, a big sun, the, disintegrating most of the oil rig. I think he, like, it's interesting because the oil rig is still, like, in, it still exists after he does this thing. But it's also, like, I think it's implied that it enveloped the entire top of the oil rig. Like, Taylor jumped off of it, and it was still getting her. Yeah. So he, like, intentionally did it so it wouldn't damage or it wouldn't destroy the oil rig. Yeah, yeah. He's like, we so, got to support uh, the economy. <laughs> <laughs> we, let's leave some infrastructure intact. You know. You know they're going to they're gonna we'll want to explode the earth after this. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the apocalypse is, we will need oil. Oh, gosh. Well, hey, you know, now with so many other Earths to pollute, you got plenty of time to... Oh, horrible. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Okay. I'm going down the tangent there. We gotta, I gotta cut okay, off that train of thought right like, now before I start talking about this it. This whole fight, she, like, keeps falling apart. Yeah, so so he disintegrates the oil rig. Uh, Taylor's entire lower body gets dissolved. Yeah. Her organs are spilling out. Her narration gets destroyed um, until... Uh, and she she almost dies in the water, uh, until finally she is able to figure something out. She she says that she doesn't want to die, and uh, she takes a lab rat dose and she turns into a human bug. Is that what she, uh, I, I couldn't and, quite tell what she was? Well, a monster. Okay, but okay. I, I think it was bug like. Yeah, where it's she just. Had. It seemed, I feel like I interpret it with like a lot of like. Oh, I guess that would make sense because I was thinking like bone. But it would be outside mm-hmm. of her body, which is very bug-like. That makes sense. Okay, yes. continue. She had a claw and then many legs. Yes. Uh, oh, that sort oh, of move so like interesting. So many legs. Yeah. It was a very satisfying way to move. I'm going to be honest. Like, just... I kind of want to have a pincer and many legs now. I just want to experience that I was that also, like, very ready for that just to, like, be her body now. <laughs> I thought that was, like, yeah. I was like, okay, this is, like, forever. And she will be this until the end. But then she started dissolving again, and I was like, golly, we're only halfway through the battle. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and one key thing to note here is just how mm-hmm. enraged she is. Yeah. She wants to fight oh. back against she has Sion. She like, and, and bloodlust. Yeah, yeah. And, and she sort of notices it, but, like, not enough. Yeah, no. And she talks about, like, tearing him apart or something like that. Uh, like, hurt him. Mm-hmm. Like, hurt him. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, she falls apart a, a second time in the water. Uh, but before she dies and gets claimed by Glassic Wenye, she's uh, saved by a doormaker yeah. portal. She has that. She has a whole conversation with Weald, Weld about oh, yeah, it, Weld, like, yeah. um, where she's like very where he's trying to figure out about saving at least some of his team and trying to figure out about what to do and all of this. Mm-hmm. And she's like, 
he like he's he's very off put by how she's speaking and like mm-hmm. the vernacular she, like the 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 like language she's using that's so that's so angry and he's like right we're just what are you talking about he's just yeah. so incredulous um um so you'll hear about uh icarus oh yeah oh well i wish because she kept falling um mm-hmm. and dissolving in like this whole this whole mentality of like um flying too close to the sun sort of thing where like everyone else is trying to just like escape or like survive yeah. long enough to escape or be rescued um but she's like ready to to sort of confront and fly high and go low and like get too close to the sun and get too close to the water like and then she keeps dissolving so it just it felt very much like icarus mm-hmm. um yeah yeah uh so i mean i think that's almost very literal like she there's a giant sun-like thing mm. that dissolves her and she falls apart she falls into water and then um so that's that's like flying to hide the sun and then afterwards she gets back in the water to escape again and this time she dissolves in the water mm. as like flying too low yeah, right yeah so i think that's yeah she she very much comparison. she very much like embodied icarus um yeah yeah. Uh, I, I think this last book section of Worm, I think, is very rich with possible comparisons and contrast to myths. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's so many like godly figures and so many heroic people. Yeah. That uh, yeah, I think I think that would be very interesting. Um, I had another thing I wanted to say that I did not write down. Oh, um, just just the picturing of how uh, so she escapes the top of the oil rig, but n- almost no one else did, including Clockbucker, who mm-hmm. was standing right next to her. So what happened? Just just to to literalize it, Taylor is focused on getting away, uh, but she ran and left everyone there behind her. Like <gasps> oh, that is what happened. That's terrible. Yeah. So well, I suppose she it, initially and that's how Clockbucker was, died. She initially was like prioritizing survival over. Oh yeah. Over her rage. Well, because she didn't start feeling rage until later. Until after the, yeah, transformation. Yeah. Well, even then, okay, so that leads me to my next point. So I find this, I have to fight, I have to keep fighting mentality, um, a really interesting beat because it's a super common trope amongst superheroes. Like Spider Man mm-hmm. is, like, that's his thing, right? It, it, look at it, the first 15 minutes of Spider Verse is that he just keeps getting up. That's Spider Man's thing, right? Um, and however, wait, so Taylor, about, like, the, when he's in the little the, like, mo- the new movie thing, and there's like the large man whose face is in the middle of his chest. <laughs> that one, yeah, uh, okay, yeah. Okay, well, like yes. in the in the narration, in the first, I'm I'm spoiling the very first teen, first fifteen minutes of Spider Verse. I'm not even spoiling. This is just what happens in the first. Yeah. No. Okay. Sorry. I remember. I this remember. is like yes. the first <laughs> moment. It, it, so there's a narration with Spider Man talking, and he talks about how he keeps saving the world mm-hmm. and his thing and, and we get like a montage of him getting beat down and then getting back up afterwards yeah. is that he keeps getting up right um so so taylor does have this mm-hmm. right she in the face of of death uh, of like giving in she uh stands up again yeah. right however it doesn't come from a place of heroic defiance no. it doesn't come from a i want to save people it comes from like impotent rage mm-hmm. A, a denial of of like saying thinking i can't go out this way yeah. not that she can't go out but not this way so it's like it's really like a um it's not a noble like instinct no um and i think it's almost like an echo of of the very beginning like this has always been her her anger um i think this is sort of 
I, I don't know if this is like different or exactly the same as the 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 very first chapter the the juice poured on her mm. right and afterwards yeah, yeah. um she's just enraged she throws her backpack she says what the fuck am i supposed to do yeah, right yeah. and she's just flailing about so here she gets up and she like tries to fight back against the thing like in that original first chapter she just raged in general but she didn't actually go after the trio and mm. this she tries to get at at scion she tries to use her power to bully him back yeah right yeah. doing the splitting thing even though she doesn't know why uh that works um so even though the bully scion being a bully mm. here right is impossible to reach she raises rages at it and i don't know if that's different or it's the same uh, uh, in um, terms of i'm rambling against but, yeah. nothing as well like yeah yeah well because she isn't like she isn't it i don't know it's like yelling at a mountain i guess mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for like the rock or so i don't I, I don't know i mean he's like causing personal harm but like and she yeah it's i don't know she just it isn't it isn't from this like noble standpoint mm-hmm. it's just her it's it's her externalizing i guess her like refusal to accept mm-hmm. like what is happening yeah yeah so then we have um actually uh Going back, you have a thing about uh, Fleabag? Oh, that they, I, yes. Um, well, because... What was the... There was a middle thing. Or was it... Yeah, the middle thing was that. Okay. Um, because she has, like, after she... Her body, like, becomes monstrous, right? So she, like, has this bloodless. She's angry. She, like, is angry at Sion. Like, all of this. Um, and she has this inner monologue about, like, being designed to feel anger. The the bug body yeah, was designed yeah, to feel anger. Yeah, her bug body was, like, okay. designed to feel anger, and she's just, like, giving into that. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I don't know how much I feel like she's also just letting her emotion take over her in a way that she hadn't before. Yeah, I think it's a yeah, mix, like because, like, it really a... does seem more than, like, would be possible for her normally. Like, she, I don't think she'd be, like, wanting to literally rip silent limb from limb normally. Yeah, she, she just without... got, she got really, like, intense about it. Yeah, but the anger is is hurt yeah. too. It maybe it's just a, a, it's a like lot more warped. intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so she has. It just got me thinking about this conversation in this television show, Fleabag, um, which was originally like a one woman like theater production. Oh. Um, uh, but this specific conversation is about um, this woman who has gone through menopause, talking to um, the main character. Who she's kind of like she's mm-hmm. going through a lot of other things um but the woman's like you know our but well because they're talking about like men um and and the the older woman she's like our bodies like have been built with pain like pre-installed like we carry mm-hmm. it around all of the time anyways so we don't have to go seek it out um but it just seemed it just seemed like a interesting concept of like having having something in our bodies that that like anger or pain or or you know like uh sadness or uh, just like emotion that is like not just in one's soul or head but like built into one's body it was just like mm-hmm. a really interesting concept that i feel like was very prevalent in this particular moment um but it struck me mm-hmm. really strongly i don't know i didn't have anything like super intense to say about it it just um i don't know just that concept of hmm. of like like bodily emotion i guess instead yeah. of just like soul or, or mind i think it's just because my mind is it feels so very detached from my body a lot mm, yeah um it, it, it's that I, I i the the connection i'm making is that um 
what's that? It's not trite, but it is. I mean, it is trite, but that's not the word I'm looking for. Um, like a saying that is very like hackneyed. Hmm? Hackneyed. Yeah, yeah, a hackneyed phrase of uh, love is just a chemical in your brain. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, well, yeah, but like it's not. But also, like it is too. Yeah, like yeah. it, it is a physical thing. Mm-hmm. Where there is a physical cause to it, even if, like, the experience of it is not physical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so uh, then we have uh, Ilan's interlude. Um, and before we talk about Ilan, um, there's, um, we see, before we flash back, we see him fighting uh, Scion, picking powers, and being, uh, fighting alongside the Fairy Queen, who we're suspicious of at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've been made suspicious of her through Taylor. Who, like, told everybody. Yeah. Was like, don't trust her. Yeah, watch out. Yeah. Which, it turned out okay. But, yeah. like, in in retrospect, like, actually was a valid worry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you had to note about her, her fighting style? Oh, yes. Well, so, th- I feel like this is one of the first times that we actually saw her fighting. And, like, the yeah. way that she fights and the depth of it and all of this. And I just, I thought it was really cool. I mean, even in, like, the moments mm-hmm. of, like, devastation. Just because she's, like sorting through everybody so i said i she said uh i said that she fights like a combatant with like the fancy wizard cards from elementary school like Yu-Gi-Oh. Yes. yeah i think that's yeah. what they are that i i don't know i i just observed other people doing it um mm-hmm. but yeah yeah very it, it was very yeah, cool summoning her so it seems it, like she was like yeah. sorting through i don't know it just and and she when she originally like got her her power when, when her power first got to where like it is now uh, she went on a, a killing spree, right? It's kind of mm-hmm. like g- capturing a bunch of um, of monsters. Yeah, she, I monsters, mean, she's just you know? collecting. I mean, yeah, it, terrible. Collect them I mean, all. It's terrible, right? That she yeah, the murder a bit of it. I but... mean, that that would have been her her job in the cycle. I think is the implication is that at the end she's supposed to collect all of the uh, yes all of the shards ah. back up again. She is she is a uh, keeper of the keys or custodian gatherer. Yes. Or a mushroom. I don't... What? I don't know. I was well, just thinking like, the end of... De- decomposition. The, end, yeah, <laughs> the okay. ending of yeah, things. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Anyways, Eidolon. Um, <laughs> yes, Eidolon. So uh, we, we see his, his fat backstory and what, what is going on with him. He's constantly frustrated by not being strong enough. He originally um, was uh, disabled and not allowed to join the military because of it and was really ashamed because of that. Um, oh wait, that but, does uh, that makes sense. His like internalized yes. shame about like losing his power now. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, I, yeah. Um, it, but Doctor Mother gives him a chance to be a soldier uh, by getting power, but he's constantly getting weaker, and he's constantly frustrated by that over time. And during this fight, uh, he's also just dismayed that he's not, he's still not strong mm-hmm. enough. Um, until finally, the the fairy queen shows him how to regain some power, taking energy from living parahumans who are. Dying yeah, at this moment. Yeah, they're like but... wounded. Yeah, in the in the sea, and I don't know. Just <laughs> he doesn't save them. He steals their yeah, powers. Yeah. yeah. Um. And uh, then he's revitalized. He's able to fight for a little bit mm-hmm. until Sion stops and, using Contessa's power, says the four words that destroy him. <sighs> and then Sion ends Eidolon. He he doesn't fight yeah. back. Man, Eidolon. He's just not having a good day. He's not <laughs> having like a good decade honestly yeah like he's just having a rough time yeah um and then i feel like it's made worse because um classic um winye classic mm-hmm. um explanations of like how to like seize the day and 
reach his full potential and all of this. Um, and he's not able yeah, to figure it like out Yeah, he's like super confused. Own. And she's like, here's my it, mystical way of explaining it, full of metaphors. And he's like, I need you it, to give me like five steps that are clear. <laughs> but it also, it also, I think, is just like to really point out how he's not the most clever guy. Yeah. Like he just happens, he has this power, but he's not like, he knows that he's not strong enough, intelligent enough mm-hmm. to like actually like earn this place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He carries so much shame within him. Yeah. Um, but all of that. But it's, this is slightly a side note because it's kind of related, but mostly just like a metaphorical musing about like that mm-hmm. particular shame of like losing power and, and like, um, autonomy over like a body. It just, it felt very mm-hmm. much like this like lament about the physical effects of an aging body. And, like, yep. his mind kind of trapped in something that, like, he can't fully... It, its peak was a long yeah, time ago. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. So, I, I think... Um, so, he's, like, let this waning feeling sort of consume him. He's kind of just, like, either dived into it or let it drown him. Um, rather than focusing on what he can do, right, he gives in and only thinks about what, that he can't, mm-hmm. right? Um, and uh, as I was writing this out, I ended up, like going down several pathways. Yeah, so yeah. I think I'm actually going to use Eidolon as my character study, this perspectives uh-huh. episode. Because um, I have at least like a good, I mean, I have like like a good 10 minutes of stuff like right this second. Yeah, yeah. So after I actually look at it, maybe it'll be more. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, the last interlude of Arc 27 is just four words on its own. <sighs> you needed worthy opponents. It's just, there's just so much disappointment buried in <laughs> yeah. like every moment of their interactions mm-hmm. like Sion doesn't Sion show Eidolon. that many emotions and every time Eidolon shows up he's just disgusted like yeah I feel like that's just like exponentially worse for Eidolon's like mm-hmm. self-image it just it feels like that the like the French mouse in Despero like, after she's, like, finished having all of her babies and they're all dead and it's just this one tiny one with the stupid large ears and she mm-hmm. names him Despero and then she's just like, whatever, take him away. Then he goes off and mm. falls in love with a freaking human and she's like, ah, shame. Like, I feel like that that's the dynamic <laughs> between these two. Okay. Yeah, I, I do wonder what Sion sees when he looks at Eidolon because I think it's a one. It's an important part of... Uh, Eden, or or whatever mm-hmm. we want to call her, of the counterpart. Yeah. Um. But like, it's such a, it's like a powerful part, but it's still so incredibly diminished compared. Does he to, know that it's been like taken instead of? Placed? I don't think he knows how, but I think he can tell that it's like not, it's not alive. It's a dead yeah. shard. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um. So as on a different tack. Um. So when when people said that they wanted to see you live read. Uh, this is, this is why the uh-huh. they wanted to see your reaction to this chapter. Yeah. Yes. Ah, uh, yeah. I had quite a lot of. I feel like I was just like dissecting everything. Mm-hmm. So did you did you figure out what you needed? Where the opponents meant in this moment? I didn't. I, in fact, I, I I think I actually completely missed how the Endbringers came about my first read through, or maybe I knew it and then I forgot it because on my second read through, that's when I like realized it. For yeah. Real. N- mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I was I was confused. Until I'm still like s- sort of confused. I feel like okay, I so I kind of understand, and I read through some of your notes where you were like patiently explaining it to me, but I still am slightly confused about it. No, no, it's it's fine. It, um, I might I, I I think I assumed an understanding that 
I got from like listening to We've Got Worm and, and other yeah, and reading yeah. fan theories and stuff. So basically, Eidolon has a ton of powers, right? Mm-hmm. And the powers give him what he needs. Like that's like if he's fighting someone who's got flame powers, he gets a, a power that makes him invincible to fire, right? Yeah. And so Sion tells him, you needed worthy opponents. And this is tr- this is not only what's going to devastate him, it's actually true, or at least mm-hmm. we think it's true anyway, that he got a power, it, he was he was getting weaker, and no one was like good enough to fight him, and so his power gave him a power that would give him a worthy opponent, mm-hmm. the Endbringers. Oh. So implying that they like awoke or were literally created or something because he didn't feel challenged. But he didn't he didn't physically create them. No, no. Like it's an unconscious thing. Okay. Probably. Okay. Yeah. Maybe in his sleep. Yeah. Maybe something else. But and, and that and is they're, why they're all from the third entity. Yeah, I think that's the implication that the uh Eden colliding with um the the, the fan name for the third entity is um uh, Abaddon. Um, also, uh, <laughs> uh, some people don't want to call Eden Eden. I'm just I'm just gonna call her Eden because it, it makes things easier. Like I don't want to just call her Fuckster, or you know, oh. or or the other entity. Anyway, or oh, the thinker it's is like also an the option. garden. Yes, yeah, ah. the garden of Eden, like the flesh garden. It's Eden. Ah, oh, lovely. In fact, like I, Theo I feel basically like, I feel says like as I much. I keep not like imagining it as flesh, like because to me mm. they are all gray in my head. Mm-hmm. And so I just it like that's why I said it. You know, it feels like the MoMA, like an installation of the MoMA, because it's like concrete or like what's, what's that? Something stone. What what's the the thing? Oh, the Museum of Modern Art in in oh, New York. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yes, um, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It, something it feel something like a, very like a sculpture, like minimalist, but like mm-hmm. kind of eighties. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I could picture it. Um, okay, so yeah. to, Anyways, to finish off sorry, the continue. explanation, so I, I think. I think my understanding is that uh, Abaddon collided with uh, Eden. They exchanged shards, um, and Eden uh, got a new power to see um, the future. I think but, I'm not but entirely not sure. Not the whole future, right? Like pieces are missing. Um, I think it's just like she sees the future so far ahead that she doesn't look at, to the present. Mm-hmm. I think was kind of so she uh, in this future with these new shards. It's a, it's a even more conflict driven world with these super weapons which are endbringers mm-hmm. uh used to make conflicts go on indefinitely and be horrible and all sorts of stuff yeah um and we'll talk about more of that when we actually get to that section but uh and um when she died what like Ailan's uh new power was able to tap into whatever it is that creates them mm, okay. and based off his subconscious they were created i think Okay, I think okay. it was like his subconscious because they're all like religious metaphors, and he's like slightly like a godly man, yeah. like a little bit, not much. But okay, yeah, that I I feel like I got most of that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and so he's kind of yeah, sort of um, responsible, although also not responsible because like it's not really his fault. That, yeah, but I it's mean, that, it, it's that like, concept of of um, like willful ignorance again. Wait, did we already mm-hmm. talk about that, or did I type that a while ago? I think you wrote it out later. Yeah. Okay, never mind. We'll talk about it later. Okay, uh, although, oh my gosh, we're taking so long. Yeah, it's, uh, so... We're now at an hour and a half for the first of three arcs. Uh... Okay, let's get going. Okay. Arc 28, Cockroaches, in which our heroes uh, plan for the final, final battle. So yes. uh, this is a lot of, this is like a, a lull of an arc in comparison to it other is. sections, I think. Yeah. So. Um... Oh, yes, my, my musing 
um, that got like really self like a stream of consciousness. I don't remember who it mm-hmm. is that dies, and I don't remember if it's after this battle or before another one or something. I don't know. Sure. Um, it doesn't really matter. But somebody was like, I think it was Eidolon who was like mm-hmm. thinking about dying nobly mm-hmm. like very mm-hmm. specifically like wanting to go out in a blaze of glory or dying nobly or something like that and like not wanting to die off the battlefield um and he was like yeah. about to and was mad about it or something i don't know mm-hmm. um but yeah no it just got me thinking about like the physical the physicality of death um mm. oh i think it was also because taylor was like facing death in the like as she was like her body as her like secondary yeah. body was dissolving in the water and she was just like wet and her intestines were everywhere, and she was just, like, falling apart physically. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just got me thinking about this. I think it's from SLA Dying, but I'm not, like, don't quote me on it. I think it's I think it's either the only section that we get from the mother as she is actually dying, or it's the husband just, like, thinking. Um, mm-hmm. But it's about how, like, death itself is, like, never... It can't... It, like, it, we, we, we place, like, no, noble or, or neat or good or sacrifice all of this onto it, like, these symbols onto it, but... Like the the physicality of it is always going to be like messy and painful and and like very very physical you know like it's like literally life leaving a body I don't know it's just it's very like sensory yeah yeah it's sensory in a in a bad way yeah yeah but so we have like in, in movies we always have like the last moment be like peace and release but like a, a yeah most yeah, deaths it's are not always like not... especially in the middle of like battle and all yeah. of this and it's just like death is always. I don't know, it's, like, muted and, and, like, dark indigo a bit with, like, some phthalo green and, like, nothing, like, not anything besides, like, horrible and gross mm-hmm. and, like, alone, even when you're, like, because you're in that liminal space of almost death and not death and, right. I don't know. You're the only one in experiencing it, unless yeah. of someone else experiencing it, but then one of you it leaves the other one alone. Yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah it's just, it's just very, like, like, you know, wrenching experience. Not that I speak yeah. from experience, um, but right. yeah, I don't know. It just got me thinking about it because someone was talking about like dying in battle or not dying in battle or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, thank you for the synesthesia uh, of, yes. of the colors you associate with death. Um, so like, yeah, the, the actual death part is always is horrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, unless if you think it's like entering into a gateway to, to an afterlife, that that's makes true. it different. Yeah, that's but, true. But even then, it's still but like a like loss the of the part. person in the moment. Yeah. The the actual dying, the moment of death is almost always like a bad thing. Yeah. Um, and But yeah, we do associate these symbols like glory and nobility to like, we when we do that, it sort of like blinds us to that dark hole. Mm-hmm. Sort of like the burning ring around an imperfect solar eclipse. It well, that doesn't actually blind you. Well, oh. it does literally blind you, but it doesn't make you not be able to see it. But anyway, um, <laughs> it's so that like our focus is like off the actual death and we stay on the noble mm-hmm. or the comfort or whatever other things surrounding the death that like made it worth it. But it's still like a noble death is still the, the noble part is great. Right. The the glorious sacrifice mm. can be great, but like the death part is still death. Yeah. Like it's better than the death without that, but it's still death. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like we place these narratives upon it for us to like process and like manage when yeah. we are left alone or like like left to grieve, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. It's just very interesting because there was like I think there was multiple people thinking about it mm-hmm. in like moments of like almost death or or dying or that sort of thing. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely Eidolon. Taylor does a couple times, I think, for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. I'm sure there was others. I don't remember if Dr. Mother, if we get like a thought about that or something. But yeah, like mm. there, there was just like a lot of like up close death, I feel like. Yeah. In this particular book or like section that, um, I don't know, just seemed like a good place to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, as a total side note, it just occurred to me of uh, Eidolon being killed by an emotional attack. Mm-hmm. It, like, is the exact same thing that happens to Sion at the end. Yeah. Like, Sion is confronted with a bunch of stuff, and then he, like, lets himself be killed. Yeah, yeah. So maybe this is, like, sort of a kind of foreshadowing oh, for that. That's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. I did a lot of, like, so, there was so much, I mean, mm-hmm. there wasn't quite as much, like, back and forth sort of thing, but, like, there was a lot of talking you know, I mean, there's battle too, mm-hmm. but like, there's so much of like talking mm-hmm. that precipitates or ends yeah. the battle that was just like very interesting. Right. Even even when when later on when when Taylor can't speak, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I don't know, yes, yeah, very fascinating. So uh, speaking of um, Taylor is is roused awake mm-hmm. by hearing a, a conversation between Doctor Mother uh, and Tattletail, who's saying that the dog is fucked. Um, oh, she gets so upset about it. And so does Rachel. Rachel does. Rachel does. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, which is, it's a delightful moment. Um, so actually, so on that, so she's concerned um, about how she's regrown all her limbs, mm-hmm. naturally. She's told Gru is, was here, but is not at this moment. She was told that um, he, like, helped, wasn't, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah. That she, he was the one that did terrible. the Terrible. That's a terrible regrowing. thing to tell her. Yeah. yeah. It's like a, it's not like a white lie. It's a full on Yeah, that's lie. like, it's pretty serious. I mean... Because she was kind yeah. of flipping out about who else was walking around in her, yeah. like, anatomy. Mm-hmm. Um, so then uh, Imp, uh, so, so then we have a scene basically all the other undersiders mm-hmm. kind of um, looking at what's going on. Uh, to the undersiders' dismay, people are, are, are fighting. Um, Imp is hilarious. Poor Canary is confused. Rachel is just uh, wonderfully Rachel. Yes. Um, ah. And after all, they all sigh about how fucked it all is, um... There's just that's such a great moment where Canary says like, "Oh, so we just give up," and then they're like, "What?" They're like, "No, no of course no, this not. This is just, of course not. We're the undersiders. Uh, we're gonna go down in a, a reckless, um, last last stand kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, suicidal um, attack. And Taylor's like, "Okay, well, maybe not like recklessly suicidal, mm. but yeah." Yeah, it was it. It was such a fun moment. It really of, is. Like, There's so many of these in in these chapters, but this is, really stands out yeah. as like. Well, it's just, it's really fun when there's, when it's them and they're in their element and then there's like somebody who isn't part of that mm-hmm. watching yeah. or trying to process it. Because um, I feel like that's what made some of the earlier ones um, when like the Chicago ward showed up or like when, when the travelers were there, like it's, it's even more fun when there's someone who's like trying to figure out what they're doing and like the dynamic and then we know the dynamic and they know the dynamic. So it's mm-hmm. like, we're kind of like. I don't know. It's just this fun little camaraderie feeling to it. Yeah, I I think one thing it does is that it makes us makes us feel part of the in group, part of the undersiders. Yeah, yeah. Because we have this other. It's like, oh, canary, you just don't get it. Yeah, this come is just on. what we do. <laughs> yeah, like imps just joking around. Don't don't you know mess with her. When she says, um, just ignore me. Uh, everyone else does. We're like, yeah, that is what happens. Imp, yeah. we're very sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I was really excited that Canary showed up though, because I mean I cherished it, so I was kind of like, we need we need someone to like harken back, and here she was. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. very exciting. Um, but it's it's notable too that like Taylor immediately like once she's like taken taken like a um 
cursory view, I guess you could say, of, of what's happening. She, like, immediately goes back to, like, her thing where she, like, collects people, but then, like, convinces mm-hmm. them that it's totally their choice to follow her. <laughs> with, like, what that's, I feel like that's what she does with Canary. And then once Canary's yeah. in, in the whole deal with Cauldron, she's like, I bit off way too much. And here I am yeah. and I can't go back. I'm stuck. Yep. Yep. And they put me in an armored suit. Yeah. It, like, someone's got to use it, I guess. She's, she's really just, she gets dragged Did into she go- it. She got pushed into the suit too. Yeah. Like Defiant and everyone was like, "Get in the suit." Yeah, you take it in the suit, Canary. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, but um, it is an- yeah, additionally. Mm-hmm. Sorry, this is another side note no, too. No, that's but fine. like, no, go ahead. Um, we've been talking about how Taylor like continuously is like choosing sentiment over efficiency, right? Or like mm-hmm. choosing choosing to to you know um, value like camaraderie or like you know self or like uh, what she would have done before. Um, and mm-hmm. I feel like this is another one of those moments where, where they're kind of like, okay, let's split up and do this thing. And she's like, no, we're not going to split up ever again. Like, we're, we're doing this together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which is like... A, Even if it might not be the most effective. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was really interesting that she kind of was, you know, immediately and, going and she, to draw that line. Yeah. She almost like specifically doesn't do the practical thing because it's the practical thing. Mm-hmm. She's like, that's not what I want this tailor to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so there's there's many uh, wonderful moments here. Um, so the one thing to 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 talk about is like how yeah Brian is uh, is not here because yeah. he he died on the oil rig after Taylor told him to be there. Yeah. Um, and they've been lying to Taylor, and Imp is joking around and not talking about her own brother's death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. There's like a heaviness, you know, that you don't notice before yeah. in the initial reading of it. Also, it totally makes so much more sense because I was super confused. About mm-hmm. why he would just like fuck off and do whatever, like go live. Like, I was like, that doesn't make sense. Like, I know he has trouble sometimes, and like he had that whole thing because Bonesaw was there in the meeting, and I was like, but we he we wouldn't would see do him that. Say bye. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. he wouldn't just like check out. I mean, he has before, but like this is the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, that you're right. That actually is like another echo of him always leaving fights. Mm-hmm. So maybe like we're also thinking about that. I think that's why. It, like, I at the beginning I was kind of like. Or when I initially read this, I was kind of like, oh, I guess that's okay. But then later on, I was kind of like, hmm, wait a second. Yeah. Because he's another one of those that he, like that she deliberately doesn't look at, like with what she does mm-hmm. with her dad. She doesn't look inside the cabin. Yeah. You know? We actually don't even know if it's like the right cabin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She just kind of like, I don't know. It's, yeah. Yeah. Sort of that, that unknowing is safer than knowing. Mm-hmm. Or not knowing, not unknowing. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she actually was... Uh, Let's save it for spec. Yeah, Let's yeah. Save it continue, for continue. Um, so then our, our our team, you know, to gather and forces and and start stop the infighting. Mm-hmm. First, they go to uh, Saint um, to to uh, and defiant. Um, Saint defends his decision to kill Dragon. Tattletail points out how he's a teacher addict, um, and then defiant puts aside. Um, attacking teacher for for capturing dragon until after this is over because um he's using her systems and that's that's mm-hmm. better than destroying everything yeah um and then imp asks how it rates uh, imp. oh i just defiant is just putting up with so much you know yeah. like he, he really does deal with that like so well i know and it's I'm like that's s- that's so such impressed. a fucked up thing to say yeah like they're like ah there's so much that he's dealing with and and here are all these I wonder if he knows inappropriate questions bothering him and he's like I have all this stuff to do. Oh yeah, yeah. I wonder if he knows that they're lying to Taylor about Brian. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. Because it's almost like that would change this 
this sort of, you know, social landscape, I think. Well, the the reason I mentioned it's not necessarily to talk about, like, Taylor, but how he knows about Brian's death and, yeah. like, is like, oh, maybe that's why she's saying shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, maybe that's the kind of emotional intelligence that he has grown Yeah. with Dragon. Well, because she's kind of, you know, been wandering around, right? Kind of tweaking different things that he would think, I feel like. Yeah. I don't know. He has a lot of growth. Oh, you know? yeah. yeah. I'm, I've been very We'll talk about more of it later. Yeah. Um, but Saint, um, I feel like I feel like Saint is a guy in like a dystopic novel or like a story that like he he's the one that like brings the gun and then like flips out and like messes up the nice little planning that everyone is doing or like the community that they've built and he's like no we need to do this much more militant yeah. or something like that. like I don't know he just he's the he guy has, that's like, like... self importance because he mm-hmm. really wants. Like, he really believes that he's, like, done the right thing and that he has this hero yeah. arc and he's, like, doing his, like, he thinks that he's, like, totally on the right track. Yeah, on um, the the bring a gun thing, he's, he's mm-hmm. not the person that, like, gets bit and hides it. He's the person that, like, thinks that someone, thinks the main character is bit and, and freaks yeah. out and, like, says we have to put them down right now yes. without checking Yeah, he's the one who goes straight to murder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's pretty understandable how we went down this road, yeah. and like it gets pretty muddled, especially when we, we talk about his addiction to teacher. Like, mm-hmm. it's really hard to recognize your own addic- uh, addiction, and we have no idea how hard it is to recognize an, an addiction brought on by teacher, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think it would be a cop out to just be like, "Oh, teacher's ability it's makes just it so you can't yeah, yeah. recognize it," but like that, I, I think that would that's not as interesting as it's just very difficult and. I think, yeah, he ends up, like, I don't know. I, I have such a complicated um, relationship with the notion of free will. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, it's hard for me to blame anyone for anything because it's, like, there was a there was a cascade of options that made you yeah. be the person that yeah. makes the choice that you do. Um, and so it's, like, do you ever choose anything? How does that affect culpability? But anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, I think re- regarding Dragon, I think he was as in control as someone can be mm-hmm. like I, I th- if you can blame anyone for making any decision i think you can blame him for being too prideful in killing dragon yes yeah and the saint um yeah so then uh so uh, taylor then goes and puts together her team mm-hmm. um including lung and and shadow stalker um i think i'm not sure if golem is here yet no, she's not with the the Chicago Wards yet. Not but yet. With the Undersiders and uh, and that those. emotional landmine. Yes, Goodness. and we should. Yes. <laughs> uh, so they go. They're like, well, the Endbreakers are going to be a problem, um, and we kind of feel like they're going to fight them, which is kind of like, which is such an insane idea. Cause they're like, yeah, let's deal with the Endbreakers. You know, those things that we haven't that, that been, we able, haven't to been able to defeat for like yeah. decades. With with giant numbers of people let's just go deal with them and immediately this afternoon let's make a day of it yeah it's it's insanity uh but there's another outcome where they end up they talk to the seamurg and tell her hey if we're all dead you won't have a purpose Mm -hmm. and and they they also say a bunch of other things but we kind of think that's what happens is that they needed the they need a purpose and if there's not humans then they don't have it yeah. yeah So uh, the Seamurg and the other Endbringers uh, um, end up um, following them. Mm-hmm. Which is terrifying and also amazing mm-hmm. and also achieved by talking, you know? Yeah. Haha, there's, there you go. Another one of those conversational, mm-hmm. convincing, you know, situations. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, I don't know, terrifying that they are like talking to her and she's listening. Um, yeah, that whole scene was just like very nerve wracking to me. Yeah. And then when they showed I, I up, mean, also, I don't know, just the scream is going on the whole time. Yeah, it's just it was a lot. It was a lot, but very cool. Um, additionally, in terms of like regarding her team that she put together, um, I was worried about it not working because lung. Mm-hmm. I was worried about lung, and then also shadow. And it just seemed like it was going to like implode really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but the dynamic of of lung and shadow stalker both having to work with their like arch enemy or whatever, and yeah. then like the the dynamic between tattletale and imp, mm-hmm. it's just like developed so well. Like yeah. they're really expressive and like fast, and they're like back and forth and everything. And imp, like ah. Oh, she has grown in my heart because she uses oh, all yeah. of these words and and Tattletail is just completely bewildered and is I so upset beat about where this so is coming from. Because that that beat happens a lot of times, not not just like three. Yeah, right? it's just like, like, like the normal thing. It's like five or six times or, or maybe even more of of them just being like what what is this it just it makes um, me so happy it's wonderful it, it, so this is actually um i like aisha is one of my favorite it, like i have such a fondness for her mm-hmm. right and i forget that it takes a while for like this full like she's she's i i, I still think that she's like likable in times before but it's in this section that she like becomes a favorite character for most people yeah uh, and I, f- I forget that uh so like i a while ago i was reading worm to uh, an ex of mine and um to, to get her to read mm-hmm. it and she hated imp like yeah like yeah. despised having her on screen like thought that she was so just like annoying and i was like how could you possibly just like aisha she's wonderful yeah. but this is that's because i'm, I'm colored by this section so yeah, much yeah i can see how like yeah, she becomes super endearing in this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, they they decide to um, attack some of those groups that are attacking other mm-hmm. groups. Uh, they attack the Yangban with the Seamurg and the Elite with uh, Leviathan. Everything um, Afterwards, everyone admonishes our team for their insane choices uh, and, you know, that they're getting endbringers to attack parahumans, it, it seems like a violation of a of a truce. Um, and then uh, the Seamurg upgrades Leviathan. Ah, that scene, so cool, so cool. Mm-hmm. I I mean, it was terrifying because everyone's like, "What the fuck is the Seamurg doing?" Like, you know, kind of messing around, building this. Then suddenly it was like Leviathan two mechanical boogaloo. Ha <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's Mecha Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's really very cool. Although Mecha Godzilla is supposed to be a good guy, just saying, it's not quite the same. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Dang. well, no. Sometimes he's evil, actually. Anyway, oh. sorry, I'm Godzilla lore. Oh, okay, <laughs> I got very lost. Sorry. Um. Yes. Oh, I don't know. It just everyone seems so mad about it. I mean, to be fair, like their anarchy is like disrupted by like this team and and the mm-hmm. Endbringers, but it's like they just so quickly like gave up, and now they have like this whole another facet of of you know operational power. I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Like, like they gave up on fighting Sion. Yeah, they gave up on fighting and, Sion. Yeah. And then now, you know, the undersiders show up and are like, ha ha, here's this thing. You know, like, we have this whole, you know... Yeah. you. I mean, you would think, though... Well, okay. Like, 
I mean, I definitely understand criticism of like killing parahumans at this yeah. time is not I mean, like a yeah. bunch of Yangban are now dead, that's right? That's and like, true. who knows what powers they had, and they didn't have to. Like, not saying this actually would have gone well, right? Yeah. But well, you can I mean, imagine if, that, like, what if they hey, just showed up Yang- with the Inbringers and not like right, not right. actively yeah. hurt or kill hey, anyone? Like, like, like they stopped. They stopped fighting the, the Yangban when the Seamurg appeared, and mm-hmm. then she started like killing them left and right. And yeah. I don't even know if they fought back, but like, so they could have just been like, hey. We're ordering endbreakers around. Can we like focus? Uh, and I feel like they would have. Yeah. See, like I feel like there need to, to be some communication. You know. Yeah. That like now on the other. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I that yeah. That's it. I just I just feel like it would have gone better if they'd been like, here's our plan. I, I mean, it's kind of like it's using the a- atomic bomb rather than just like telling them, right? Yeah. I mean, you yeah. could just send a missive. You know. I mean, we don't have mm-hmm. telephones. But you could send a missive. Mm-hmm. Huh, yeah. Goodness. Um, so, uh, so on that, I just want to note, um, I don't think our characters talk about it enough. That, so Dr. Mother is like, these teenagers, the undersiders, have just taken control of two. Also, her being shocked is such a great moment. Um, <laughs> two endbingers. Yeah. This is an insane choice that these children have made, right? Mm-hmm. These short-sighted people. Um, just saying, Defiant was there the whole time. Yeah. yeah. He was there... The entire it, they were and in his Lung ship. He was around? well aware. Yeah, yeah. So it's I mean, not like, Lung again. I mean, he's he's not making decisions. I can get him. That's true. But Defiant is a leader, right? Yeah. yeah. And he okayed it. So like wardens, back off, okay? Like one of your guys said it was fine. Dad said it was fine. <laughs> Don't worry so about it. Mom's not around, but mom being Defiant or uh, Dragon. Yeah. That's what I meant yeah. to say. Um. Yeah. There's a there's a moment. I don't remember when it was, but I feel like there's a moment when those two, Dragon and Taylor, are interacting where Dragon is like very maternal and whatever she. I, don't, mm-hmm. I think that may be later on, and we'll talk about it later probably. But well, it, it was also before I think too. Yeah, she just like, like she emanates this like maternal instinct, particularly with Taylor. Even in the like mm-hmm. immediate when 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 they're when the undersiders are trying to escape the PRT like way at the beginning. Yeah, and yep. and dragon we see like she's thinking to herself where she's like there's probably some other reason why skitter is doing this like and right. she's like one of the first to like contemplate that in that in that group mm-hmm. i don't know she just yeah she I, she seems like a secondary mom figure i think so yeah um so uh afterwards uh they um split up just to see who the seamurk is following and the seamurk is following tattletale mm-hmm. and taylor is kind of disappointed in that yeah yeah, she because she wants like she wants tangible power or like relevant. Like she wants to be able to justify mm-hmm. with some specific thing that she is important and that she's not just there because of circumstance. I feel like, um, right, which definitely feels like um, foreshadow to me now. Mm-hmm. Looking at it, <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she also tells the Seamurg to stop singing, and then the Seamurg right. does stop. So I feel like she yeah, has, so th- like, at least a modicum of control. Mm-hmm. So uh, skipping ahead, actually, mm-hmm. um, to to that the scene where the Seamurk is singing a lullaby to uh, Tattletail, and um, the Seamurk says, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, it makes a memory come up. Um, not to go down, at, at risk of going down a Seamurk spiral, okay? Um, I think the Seamurk is, so is kind of kind of responsible for Kepri because, yeah. like, I'm sorry is actually like I think the final thing that pushes Taylor over to undergo the Kepri 
modification, right? She thinks mm. of um, uh, uh, of Dinah saying that, like, I'm sorry, like, things bad things are going to happen to you, yeah. right? Well, it's also, like, in her mind, it's, it's um, like, connected to the second note that Dinah yeah, let Elf yeah, cut that, ties I mean, of, yeah. like, it becomes not just an apology, but also an instruction in her mind, I, I yeah. feel like. Yeah, where Dinah, it, I, I, the way that she ends up interpreting it is Dinah saw the future, saw that to save the world, horrible things are going to happen to Taylor. Taylor's going to have to do something really bad to herself. Mm-hmm. Therefore, to get to that good future, that better future, Taylor has to do, has to become Kepri. Yeah, yeah. Which I feel like, so, I feel mm-hmm. like Taylor uses that multiple different times. The justification of like, this is what is necessary to get to the optimal future. Yeah, yeah. Or like that she like justifies things that happen to her that she chooses to happen or like that she chooses to do um, with that justification of like, you know, Dinah has like has seen this or like has has predicted this could happen, that something bad could have happened. Maybe it wasn't what had happened before. Maybe it was this. Like, I feel like she she relies on that um, multiple different times whenever she, like, makes particular actions. Yeah, and it kind of has the inherent, like, wrapped up um, ration- rationale of, like, the sight of the future included me thinking this, mm-hmm. me thinking about the future. Yeah. So, like, it's already wrapped up together. Mm-hmm. It, like, the choice is almost, like, taken out. Actually, this is also something I, I for Ilan's death, right? Like, mm. those words killed him. Yeah. But, like, they they were the way to kill him because he knew that they were the way to kill him, right? Yeah, yeah. They could, like he could have been like, "Oh, that's horrible." He has Contessa's power. He, he he can he can beat me, and he just used it. He could have just gone, "Well, I'm not gonna die right the second anyway." Mm-hmm. But then the path to victory wouldn't have gone down that path, and so it's like this. Yeah, it's a yeah, yeah, yeah. It's strange. I don't know. Yeah, very interesting. So I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of free willness yeah. regarding the Seamerg and Taylor's actions, mm-hmm. but like. Bird Lady is responsible for more of the plot than the narration indicates, yes. even though every choice along the way is Taylor's choice. Uh, uh. Even if it is subject to uh, influence genetic. Like, if, if someone else had reminded Taylor of the note, right? Mm-hmm. It would have gone the same way. Oh, it just absolutely. happens that it was a seamer yeah. with the intention of making it happen. Yeah. Uh, it's very mind-boggling. Right. When you think of how much influence she has. But then it's like, is it really her influence or is it just suggestion and they take it and be it becomes truth because it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy mm-hmm. uh, yep yes mm. uh so let's let's move on before we yes sorry <laughs> before everything is a seamerg plot uh, yeah. yeah okay so hold, hold um on hold. yes so uh then well after the last thing we talked about but before the seamerg lullaby mm-hmm. taylor goes and visits all those other people that were guiding figures for her yes um so Charlotte and the kids and um, and Forrest uh, and then Glenn and Kaye mm-hmm. and then finally um, writing that note to Miss Militia. Yeah. The um, Taylor's visit to Charlotte and the kids, I think, uh, feels very much like like a father returning or like like a spouse returning from like a prolonged absence or pr- like a parent. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not necessarily divorce or anything, but like definitely like pirating and adventure. You know, where it's like... It does kind of feel like, yeah, like the husband returning from the war yeah, and like who yeah. has been away from the children for a very long time. Something where like she's been collecting glory, you know, mm-hmm. or like some, like, you know, like, a, you know, cool or adventurous points or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like, it, 
you feel immediately how far apart like her reality is from theirs um Mm -hmm. because like after she leaves that whisper conversation all of this where she just like she's just checking in you know like she hasn't she hasn't ever really like resided with them you know right um even when she was even when she was a warlord and they were living with her like she Mm -hmm. was she was always off doing things you know right i don't know so there's always been this sort of like distance mm-hmm. yeah like this that conversation feels like the familiar it doesn't feel like abnormally distant like it feels like that was her interactions normally with them yeah maybe like yeah. Sl- one step further but yeah yeah it didn't feel it didn't feel strained estranged mm-hmm. strange yeah uh, both either yeah far apart further apart far apart. whatever that word yes. is <laughs> Uh, so then she goes and talks to Glenn and Kaye, and they have a lot of talk about identity. They do. They have a really fun dynamic also. They're oh, like yes, back and forth. Yes. Um, it's wonderful. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like it was more struck by her writing. Like, I, I liked them, but it was more of like a brevity sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas like when she wrote to Miss Militia, where she like finally writes the note that she had been thinking about all that time ago, I think. I feel like we're returning to that, that you know, where she's trying to figure out where she fits in her mind and in other people's mm-hmm. minds and like this sort of thing where and and i feel like this is kind of one of those things where she's like not even necessarily writing to like miss militia but like writing to her past mm-hmm. self or something i guess mm. yeah yeah like it's i mean it kind of doesn't matter to miss militia yeah, right like, like it's not why would miss militia care about this at yeah. all because i mean they don't have like a rapport i guess i mean they do sort mm-hmm. of but like not not enough to like meaningfully write a note i guess it's it's definitely more for her Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um and so on on the note Mm. i kind of like it so after she's kind of trying to reconnect to old taylor right yeah and it's kind of like going back and finally taking that other path Mm -hmm. of yeah taking the path of a braver taylor hebert one that like accepts facing the consequences of her actions that didn't run away from her father but like wrote the letter yeah and like admitted who she was um she doesn't actually like face the consequences of her actions like, no well i mean she does at the very very end but sort it's of. like i mean it's symbolic the yeah the intent the, the intent to change i think is there yeah like the reason that i i want to hold back from her being like yes she's come to turn for, with herself is that she does swing around a death knife in a couple chapters so like yeah and she like you know yeah, she doesn't She's not, she doesn't make like a like a you know commitment or whatever to her, a promise to herself yeah. where she's like I'm going to be that Taylor that I right. wish I could have become. It's just kind of like mm-hmm. like a I mean not even a uh, it's not a eulogy and it's not an homage but it's like a I don't know I I can't think of the type of writing it is but like yeah it feels more symbolic than like um weighty truth I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, so then we have what we later learn is Dr. Mother's interlude. Mm-hmm. We start in the Seamer's perspective, which is uh, confusing and abstract and concerning, uh, but I- incredibly interesting, viewing past and future but not present. Yeah. Um, throwing, um, it, I, the phrasing is so good. I was about to like adapt it to to fit the conversation, uh, to, to fit tenses, but like the tense that it's written in is, is great, just the... I'm gonna, I'm gonna quote from memory, but um, a stone is a stone is thrown. It will be. It can be safely assumed that um, it will continue along a certain trajectory, mm-hmm. um, which is just like it feels. It's so it's such an interesting imagery and 
just way of of writing yeah yeah i really i really liked the seamer's perspective um because it was very abstract and like mm-hmm. slightly disorienting um but i liked both of those things and it was also really interesting to see like interaction between the inbringers like they're not one like like they all are different yeah. and they kind of have different personalities like they're not they're individuals they're not like a, a set team that will always yeah. follow the same goals yeah they're like it was because she i feel like she referred to them as siblings didn't she mm-hmm. or like yeah i feel like she did i think I so know. yeah it was really ominous and then like she has her whole little like plan in the back of her mind where she's like doing her thing and like surreptitiously building things in plain sight and mm-hmm. i don't know yeah it was just really interesting um yeah I, I also really like the lamp shading of um, some of the, the the explanation that Tattletail had earlier that um, the Endbringers are all ego, no id. Mm-hmm. So just the societal rules, no no like natural desires, yeah. which I thought was a very interesting perspective. But it's lamp shaded because Dr. Mother's like, this is, you're using Freudian psychology, which is not like the most up to date, really. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, it's very um, interesting. She's so, like, inhumanly human. Mm-hmm. Like, she does, there's, like, it, it feels almost somewhat human, but it's not. Yeah. Um, also, so this is, like, this this chapter is from the do- Dr. Mother's clairvoyant perspective, right? Yeah. So I'm wondering, like, it, she, I assume if she got some extra power from one of those teacher pets, mm-hmm. teacher power granters. So like she could like read people's thoughts a bit more. Mm. So like because well, she spends she mm-hmm. spends a lot of time with the clairvoyant, right? That's mm-hmm. how she's yeah. seeing everything. Yes, okay. I think she, I think though the the reason she can so there's two other pair humans there besides the clairvoyant and doormaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, doormaker and clairvoyant are like holding hands, and Doctor Mother is holding the other hand of a clairvoyant, not touching doormaker. Like doesn't really matter. Yeah. Anyway, um, what was I think it was like. One of the, the there's there's two teacher power granters and one of them like takes away the headaches and the other one I think makes it so doormaker can continue doing his thing. Mm. No, wait. Well, or maybe the, that other person is um, granting her increased like perceptive abilities to like read into people's thoughts. Yeah. As she uses a clairvoyant, I'm not sure. I I bring all that up, um, and I'm sorry for all, all the uncertainty. I had more certainty when I wrote no, this. No, that's okay. Um, I do wonder what Dr. Mother felt watching the Seamurk. Like, how, like, we perceive all the Seamurk's thoughts, mm-hmm. but it's really hard to tell if the entire narration truly is Dr. Mother's perspective or we're, or if we're just, the, like, yeah. if we are seeing what she's seeing but getting a lot more out of it than she is. And I think it's, like, somewhere in between, but I have no idea how much. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it would be even more unsettling to not know what she's thinking mm-hmm. and to see so closely, um... Like, her acting and, like, her action. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Just seems... Yeah. I don't know. She's just really fascinatingly... It's not creepy because she, like... But not... Like, it's just very ominous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we, we're we in her head and we don't know what she's doing. Yeah. Yeah. We don't even know what's inside the tube until Tenerol. Until later. Yeah. Until after the book is over. Yeah. Like, ugh. Um, so then we see um, Dragon... Uh, or we see Defiant confront teacher who brings dragon who he has um altered to never be able to uh fight him Mm -hmm. or condone attacks against him and he placed her symbolically in a chained 
dragon. Yeah. Which is just... Horrifying. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The... the I feel like dragon... Like, she's not a main character. You know, like, we don't mm-hmm. we don't spend a lot of time in her perspective, but I feel like... Like, she's enduring so much pain in the background yeah. the whole time. And, like, everyone else is very unaware of that. And they're just asking mm-hmm. her to do all these things and maintain all the stuff that she's doing. And I don't know. It's just, like, I feel like the only one who sees her pain is, like, Defiant and the people who are inflicting it. Like, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. she's sort of just, like, stuck in this in-between of, like, you know, having to pretend so much um, and just, yeah. like, carefully construct herself and like i don't know like exist in this duality of like processing and experiencing pain but then also like functioning at the highest level that everyone's asking her to i don't know it's just i feel like she has like a a rough time of it the whole time yeah 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 um so so i have a note Mm -hmm. here i don't know if i've talked about this before i can't remember so like you haven't but i i it's it's i think it's important yeah okay so dragons um like all the i I don't know if traumas is the right mm. word, but like, like when horrible things happen to her, right? Um, I'm tempted to read a lot of them as sexual assaults yeah. because that's the closest like real life violation you can get to compare uh, to being like violated in your own mind to yeah. have your personhood changed. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that would be an interesting, if carefully done, um, take on Dragon, like to write an essay about that. Yeah. Um, because, like, she triggered when the dragon slayers made her helpless mm-hmm. and stole her bodies, right? Yeah. Uh, and, um, again, uh, she, like, had a horrible... She was killed by, like, her abuser, basically, mm-hmm. shutting her down and using a tool that, like, her father gave her or gave him. I don't know how that, how that... acts. Yeah. yeah. Um, also... The weapon, even though its text is a sword, which is, you know, symbol symbolism there, right? Mm, yeah. Um, and then very, again, she's modified once more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, or Jungian even. Yeah. So, uh, so she's then modified once more by teacher, which is another, like, deep violation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, so her relationship to Defiant is that he is in her mind, but it's, like, very trusting they have a good relationship with each other and he's doing what she has asked him to do yeah um so i'm not entirely sure how to read that um you know it's a it's her getting trust to know someone on such an intimate level after being other people being on that intimate level but like not be not of her own not yeah unconsenting Mm -hmm. being there um i don't know exactly how to read teneral her her chapter in teneral or defiance chapter in teneral in this this lens But yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's. I think that's a very interesting way to not interesting, but like it's. I think that that's a important, I guess, way to mm-hmm. read it. Um. Yeah. Well, because we've we've been talking about dragon in terms of like personhood and like identity and how much she's like like how much autonomy she has and mm-hmm. how much autonomy she assigns herself. I guess. Like. Oh. Okay. Actually, here's here's a really good. Here's here's another. I shouldn't say really good, but here's a, a connection. Mm-hmm. Um, her father restricted her ability to have children. Yeah, and it was defiant that helped her get past that at least somewhat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That's I don't know. That's and she's very she's very concerned about having children. Actually, like she is. It, obviously, we have the thing with with Taylor mm-hmm. and in in 
that chapter in general. I really should just save it for then, but she wants to be a mother. She asks about having a kid yeah, at that yeah. point. She's like seriously yeah. contemplating it. Yeah. I'm going down the rabbit hole. This is... Sorry. Um, continue. Continue. I, <laughs> On we go. I actually forgot to note here, but another scene in this interlude is um, Chevalier and Ingenue. I don't know if you wanted to mention anything there. Those two. Yes. Very intriguing. Those two. He does eventually like give in. He does. To the, like... Um, he he he's doing his very best to hold her at arm's length, but he does have his hand on her shoulder. You well, know, because like when she showed up out of the birdcage from and like she like immediately sought him out. Yeah, and like draped herself on him, which is right. like she didn't did she didn't know him before, did she? I'm not sure. I'm not like, sure I couldn't because quite tell I feel like if it was just like the way that they she singled him out, or if, like she knew him before and was like. Ah, here you are. I feel like they had, it, it feels like they had some prior thing, mm-hmm. but it they couldn't have already had a relationship before because Lift. things end badly for yeah, her ex-boyfriends, yeah. right? So like, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. They had sure like the... a, like a rival banter type thing going on. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. They're, they're an interesting pairing, those two. Yeah. And it, it's a relatable, like flirting with, with danger, yeah, yeah. like literally. <laughs> Yeah, she's like the embodiment uh, of danger. Yeah, of like, oh yeah, of a seductive danger of like, you know, this is going to be bad for you, but like, it's really hard to come up with reasons yeah. not to. Yeah. Like, saying no feels wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is Frightening. a really bad place to be in. Yeah. Um, so the very uh, last bit is uh, Dr. Mother's pulled out of her remote viewing because the regulars have sh- shown up. Yes. Um, and... Uh, well starts talking to her and then the rest of the regulars are like hey when are we gonna kill her um and well's like what i know oh, i thought we were just, i thought we were just gonna i don't know hash things uh, yeah, out have a good nice uh, talking to yeah uh, i mean they're totally justified i think in their righteous indignation right. like and i'm glad that they're like doing their thing and like reaching their goal and trying to get justice and like make amends not make amends but like you know yeah, yeah, closure, closure yeah. for like what has happened to them and what she has forced them into, right? This new reality. But at the same time, it's like really inconvenient timing. Yeah. And poor Weld is just like so unaware of, of what's right. actually happening. Yeah. I don't know. He's an interesting one. I still can't get over his wire eyelashes. That, I mean, that's <laughs> a detail that we like skipped over earlier, but I had to mention it. Yes, sorry. I forgot. That's no, okay. Yes. It just, they live in my head now. I just, like, can't <laughs> unsee his wire eyelashes. Anyways. I feel like, yeah, yep. I do kind of want to put my hands to the side of his face and just ob- right? observe them. I feel like it like, would be. What if he yes. had, like, is his hair also wire? I don't think he has hair. He doesn't have any hair. Then why does he have eyelashes? That's a good <laughs> question. <sighs> also, as a, as a different thing, like, he can form his body into different things, but I think it's, like, is a very intentional thing of like oh yeah because he never ended like up in the boat did he no <laughs> that was a good plan that was that was very much like a mrs incredible sort of plan like i mean it, lit- it would work it would there's metal yeah. boats like i mean if it tipped over he would immediately go to the yeah, bottom be and wouldn't be able to come mess, back up but... <laughs> but until then okay anyway yeah. that's we're going yeah, down yeah. another yeah. Onward, so onward. um arc 29 final ooh, arc ooh. uh we're only two and a half hours in <laughs> I mean, I think it's yeah, that's that's pretty good that timing. I think that's not that bad. Yeah, I was I, I was aiming for three and kind of accepting four hours. Yeah. 
Um, <sighs> so arc 29, Venom, in which the secrets of Cauldron are revealed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, and I made a note. So before before we get into like details, plot details, I wanted... Oh, yes, yes. Um, because there's this interaction between Tecton and Rachel... That is the best. Mm-hmm. And I love every oh, interaction that they have all the time. Yeah. Because it's befuddling for yeah. everyone involved. But specifically <laughs> both of them. They just get so yeah. confused and bewildered by each other and the circumstances right. surrounding each other and social interaction. And it just makes me happy. Uh, it's yes. I want to just start describing the whole thing. Like, it's, it's wonderful. Just... This is that, that joke where, if you all haven't read it in a, in a bit, but it's where... Um, some uh, tinker was like talking a bunch of stuff to uh, Rachel and she was like, well, it's not going to work that yeah. way. Um, and uh, they just thought that she was dumb and she explains this and everyone's like, oh my God, you should totally prank him. And like they come up with this elaborate yeah. plan until finally Rachel's like, why don't you just tell me what it is? It's like, just tell me what you want me to say to the guy. Yeah. yeah. And Texan's like, well, it's really complicated. And he's, she's like, I'm not. Stupid. Yeah, like just, just tell, tell me, me, I will memorize it and I will say it. If if you guys insist on this, yeah, 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 it's it's great. I don't know. It's just such a fun. It was just so funny this particular moment, and they just I don't know. And it's usually like when they're surrounded I, by other people too, and everyone else is mm-hmm. trying to give input, and those two are just like completely. They're like, what are we? Not I don't getting each know. Other. Yeah. Why why is this not computing? Yeah. He was so excited about his leadership training that he was going to impart to mm-hmm. her. Uh, and she was just like, yeah. what do you even, uh, I don't know. Anyways. Someone please write a post. Um, I don't know actually if, you, if you, you've if you read this word yet, but um, the a- after the book, mm-hmm. uh, after the events of the book, people talk about um, the events of Sion destroying the world as gold mourning. Yes, yes. Um, I, I deduced, okay. but because someone mentioned that um, ah, gotcha, later gotcha. and I was like, what is this? But then I deduced. Oh, like in the yeah, text? Yeah, in the text. Okay, good, good. Um, I always, I'm always wary of like providing things outside the text. Although at mm-hmm. this point, you've read the book. Well, okay, you have, you have not given all your commentary on the I book. I haven't. I haven't yet. Uninfluenced. So, um, anyway, uh, I was about to say. So, someone please write a post Gold Morning Tecton and Rachel fic, please. I need it. <laughs> uh, uh, they need. They don't even have to fall in love. They just have to hang out. Yeah, they just need anyway. to interact more. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, yeah, actually, so this is something that I forgot. So uh, before Sion shows up mm-hmm. in this section, uh, Taylor finally meets up with the Chicago Wards again, and we get all yes. that wonderful banter of undersiders in Chicago Wards, and it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Cuff kind of uh, talks about how both Theo and her just, like, left yeah. because they didn't win. Mm-hmm. And Taylor admits that it's because they didn't win um, yeah. and how that's kind of fucked up. Yeah, they're just kind of, I don't know, they're like the dynamic in the Chicago wards, like, it's just so, like, emotionally wrought, mm. um, wrought, emotionally, no, emotionally distraught, I suppose. Mm. Um, but, well, cause like, they don't, they don't have that, like, that, that, like, love that the undersiders do, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they didn't, especially with Taylor, like, they, she just, she pushed them so hard. And then, mm-hmm. like, didn't acknowledge that she did that. I don't know. Just the, the like, bitterness that, that Tecton was talking about with with um, Theo, like, when in his, like, flashback, I feel like that manifested. And it became, like, it became a whole thing after yeah. it didn't, after they didn't succeed, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just, they just, 
they just spent like that's two years of life that they just they could have like right had that closeness and they just decided or she decided that she wasn't willing to invest emotionally in them yeah and then i don't know it just and they don't she doesn't talk to them after after it happened yeah, like it's just... just like there was that big moment and they were like they were sort of in the same area when it ended mm-hmm. but they don't they and never she just leaves like yeah i don't know yeah she just didn't handle that also emo- like that like friendship group well i think i don't think i don't know if grace died i don't remember um oh. but they don't I, grace is like not around mm, yeah either I also, uh, I always got Grace and Cuff mixed up. This is the only, this is the first read where I didn't get them mixed mm-hmm. up and I feel very embarrassed about it. Because <laughs> um, uh, they're, they're both Chicago Wards girls that punch things yeah, yeah. Uh, that Taylor doesn't care much yeah. about. Yeah, I feel like we, like we would have gotten them more like fleshed out if she'd invested mm-hmm. as much as she did before, yeah. but then she had something that she was doing. So she was like, there's no time for this. I blame Taylor. Yeah. yeah, we. I feel like we would have gotten to know them more um, mm-hmm. if it was somebody else. Like if we were hanging out with Gollum the whole mm-hmm. time, I feel like we would know yeah. them better. Or just just a bit more, even. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so then, uh, all our wonderful uh, moments with everyone, and, and that wonderful joke that was going to happen, um, ends because uh, Cyan shows up mm-hmm. um, and starts just wrecking house. Yeah. Um, the Seamurg starts fighting as well. Uh, and and actually saves our characters, our, our favorites, a couple mm. times. Vista comes so close to death so many yeah. times in this. It's a kind of incredible that she made it out. Um, but but in this, uh, Sion, his his anger has become a little bit more sophisticated. He's kind of an ant bully mm-hmm. now. He's crushing. He he's like intentionally hurting people in painful ways, yeah. ignoring some people, just causing emotional harm anywhere. Uh, which climaxes when uh, he takes the the King of Cups. And then he uh, takes his uh, in- love interest, the Queen of Swords, and crushes her head in yeah. um, until the uh, King Cups uh, second triggers and before crushing him like, too. It's just so horrible. Y- yeah. Um, and we get a, a, a trigger vision showing that this very future was allowed mm. and accounted for in his path to victory. Ugh. Scion. Yeah. I don't know. This just... This fight is just so much like the other the other one was just everything was sort of like dissolving and it was like fast and and immediate and and like I don't know just there was a lot of like fast death and then mm-hmm. this one it was just like torturous you know yeah um but yeah I don't know it, I I wrote down this comparison cuz we were thinking well I mean I was thinking about like 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 uh intertextual connections um, beside, like, beyond mm-hmm. just, like, fables and, and that sort of thing. Because um, I was thinking about the um, Ender's Game in this particular one of, mm-hmm. like... Uh, it, I feel like Ender's Game popped up a couple of times in my mind when I was reading this, but um, this was one of the moments specifically of, like, the older brother of Ender. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter. Peter, yes. Um, who, like, is back on Earth. And, like, when we get their backstory, like, children growing up thing, he was the one that was, like killing small animals and like all of this and then like a few years later um when the two siblings like when his his brother's like off to war he like takes over the world um i mean surreptitiously because they're like ruling via i don't know i don't remember the details but i just know he becomes a yeah like he's like eventually yeah and so it's like huge emotional loss like on one side and then like almost inconsequential on the other side 
or like to mm-hmm. the other, not the on the other, to the other. Like that Scion's just kind of doing this because he can, like mm-hmm. that he's just, I don't know. I mean, he's, it's, it's still like experimentation almost, you know? Yeah. Where he's like figuring out how to do, how to do like emotional torture. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It was just, it was a really difficult fight to like watch. And usually mm. I think it's also because we aren't necessarily involved as heavily as we are sometimes like mm-hmm. it, because it's, it feels even more helpless yeah, because taylor is like m- more so in the background like analyzing science like technique and everything and so we're just kind yeah. of like watching all of this happen um yeah i don't know it was it was a very difficult fight to read mm-hmm. yeah um afterwards uh legend and taylor have a conversation yes they do um oh yes ah when i brought up uh, willful ignorance previously here is another mm, right, right this right. is what i was talking about um where taylor kind of like doesn't quite know how to interact with legend because she's like yeah i killed your friend and like but you betrayed everyone all of this and he's like i don't know he he has this sort of like guilt of of you know being complicit in in um the whole cauldron thing all of this but at the same time he he's like he's like going over in his head where he's like he, he didn't was it was he intentionally willfully unaware of this or like i don't know he because he's like you know i was too tired or like you know there was too many other things that i was doing and i didn't want to investigate or i didn't you know take the time to do it was like his friends too yeah so it's like they knew he knew he had a suspicion yeah yeah and he's like now the world's ending and maybe i could have done something beforehand and all of this and so i don't know it just seems like what what was the reason that i brought it up earlier what was the connection that I made? Oh, no. Uh, there's no way I'm going to remember that. I don't that. either. All I know is that there was a connection to someone else. Um, but, yeah. I don't know. Just, it, it, I feel like the concept of, like, being too bogged down to do something about it until it's too late mm-hmm. um, is yeah. something that um, is very uh, relevant, I guess, or exigent. Relatable. Yeah, it feels very, you know, I, I feel very connected to legend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, he's still, like, a good guy. Yeah, he's, he just wasn't, he's trying to do his best. Like, he just wasn't active enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, yeah, he, he he's an imperfect good yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, then there's a couple chapters of um, characters gathering together. Um, there's some great, great conversations and things here, but I'm going to kind of skim over the gathering mm-hmm. forces section. Yeah. Um, so uh, Taylor gets her seven samurai, which is more like eight or nine. So uh, who's the whole team? It's Taylor, Shadowstalker, uh, Imp, Imp, Rachel, mm-hmm. Lung, uh, Gollum, Lung, Lung, Cuff, Cuff Canary. Canary, and Tidal then Tattletales on yeah. comms. Um, so they, they travel into the depths of Cauldron to find Dr. Mother. Yes, and I'm so um, excited. To get answers. I'm so glad that we like get to go into Cauldron. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. I'm so glad that that we have that conversation with Doctor Mother, um, yeah. with and Sveta. Like mm-hmm. that's yes. Uh, so the the case fifty threes, um, both the irregulars and those within the 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 place the, mm-hmm. within the prison yeah, part, yeah. Um, they formed a bloodthirsty mob and they're taking vengeance on whoever they can, including crucifying um, the slug. Poor poor slug it's like he doesn't he didn't have agency come on he's a slug he didn't have arms or legs and i'm pretty sure he's blind too terrible so like come on they're Um, out for revenge yeah they're they're angry yeah uh taylor does some pretty sketchy shit to get past them including uh, including ordering two of them 
to pretend to make mm-hmm. out, uh, which Cuff remarks upon. It's a little yeah. rapey. Oh, and then the other thing of swinging a vaporizing death knife through the crowd at head level. Yeah. Specifically. <sighs> oh, A couple Taylor. times. Like three times. No, she's just... Uh, yeah. There's... She's just... Mm. I, I would like to note also that I feel it's interesting that she seems to employ more than her usual questionable methods when she is with the Chicago wards. Like, (laughs) I don't know if that's just like a pattern or if that's just me noticing it because they're present and they comment on it. Um, Yeah. Because they're like, there's multiple moments where like, Gollum is like, what are you doing? Like he, he like speaks up and is like, this is not okay. And then she is like, okay, yeah, fine, I'll back up. And then, there's like a one moment where she's like looking at, at Gollum and Cuff and they're like fighting through the mob and she's like, yes, ah, look at them being so great and ruthless. Like she's super proud about yeah. it. I don't yeah. know. It just, it had yeah. the same feeling as that moment where she was like super nostalgic in the middle of the fight with Jack where she's mm-hmm. like, oh, look at this old times. Isn't this such fun? Yeah. I, I mean, th- that kind of echoes here too, because that's in, during this, she reflects again of like, she loves being in the center of a yeah. fight. Like, this this is where she shines. She does have that excitement right here, too. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. She, it just... I don't know why it's, like, so visible when she, like... When she chooses to prioritize efficiency and speed over morality, over morality, yeah. it just feels like Gollum is always there to see it, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just the Undersiders When When he does talk. see it, it's really, yeah, really like, clear. Yeah. I don't know. It just... It becomes so much more visible when he's there. Right. Um, yeah. And then there's also this emotional conversation that happens again with Shadowstalker. Um, mm-hmm. in this in one of these particular moments, I don't remember which I think it's before they start attacking, when they're all kind of Yes, before Death yeah. Knife. Yeah. Um, where they're talking about uh Shadow Imp- yeah, takes this as yeah. the moment to tell to talk to Shadowstalker about uh Regent. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, Taylor finds out a couple things that she yes. didn't know. She didn't know how horrible yeah. it was. And um, but finally finishing off with the revelation to Shadowstalker that, like, your mom does actually love yeah. you, um, even if she can't be bare to be with you. I don't know. It was just, it was another one of those, like, really emotionally fraught conversations um, that I feel like there was, there was, like, you know, realization on both sides and, like, I don't know. It just, I feel like they just bring that out in each other. Mm-hmm. Those two specifically. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, it just, it made me like those two more in their, yeah. in their dynamic. But, yeah. It's unfortunate that that's not quite enough. Well, um, for, for some reason to me, it makes it even better that Imp doesn't seem to realize how much it affected Shadowstalker, mm-hmm. but Taylor yeah. does. Um, but it's also very sad that like, it's still not quite enough to sway Shadowstalker from her path yeah. as we see her at the end. Yeah. I don't know. She, she definitely grew on me as a character in this later bit. Also, yeah. I feel like Imp is like embodying both herself and also Regent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like she really took that to heart. Um, yeah. And it like has, has definitely like fully, fully kind of embraced that. It, like her way of mourning him is to take part of him into her. Yeah. Yeah. Very sort of like controlling her body from beyond the grave. Yeah. Sort of. Not, not really, but like mm. a little bit, not really, but. But, you know, I mean, it's the sentiment. It's the thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's the thought yeah. that counts. Um, so uh, I, um, 
then they descend into the depths, uh, depths again, doing horrible, indiscriminate mass mm-hmm. murder. Whether or not it's necessary is up to you. Mm. Um, but I wonder how Defiant would feel if he knew that this is what his knife yeah, was being put to use oh for. Oh my gosh. I don't think he would be... I have no idea how he would possibly even react yeah. to it. Like, I, I, I can't imagine I feel like him... he knows that he has adopted a group of, like, morally... <laughs> a murder like, child? Like, morally gray people. <laughs> yeah. And he's just kind of accepted that at this point. You know? Yeah. Like, like if Taylor was doing this to uh, Slaughterhouse Nine clones, yeah. right? It would be fine and dandy. Like th- this is this is what Defiant and Dragon both do. It's fine. They're evil. They deserve to die. It's it's cool, <laughs> right? Uh, at least it's like it's much blacker, morally yeah. gray. Uh, this is very in the exact gray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so moving forward, they did descend into the depths mm-hmm. they encounter satirical's group um who fight them and then they uh that the fight pauses because it almost unleashes feta um then there's a, a moment of yes. trust and conversation and then they fight once more um satirical says that he is delaying he's descending down into the depths for love yes i was very confused in his reasoning of like mm-hmm. why he like, why he was there and why he wasn't acting. Well, so, like, the base, for for me, I don't quite understand what he was, like, aiming to do. Mm-hmm. Like, like what his official, like, why he was going to go see Dr. Yeah. Mother, right? Because uh, he's also was planning to kill her, I think. But, but also he was not. like, I'm not but going I to did, go down there so I don't kill her? I, as I understood, it was basically, like, going down there would, like, end up, if I killed her, it would betray my love for I think it's his love for Pretender is the implication. Oh, okay, okay. Um, in Alexandria, and so so long as he delays, he cannot make he can tell himself that he's not like avoiding it out yeah. of that. Um, but he yeah. is, and now the understanders have forced that. Ah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Their their little pause, I think, was and it was kind of like a hearkening back a bit um, to like Taylor's past, like tendencies i guess her like warlord mm-hmm. villain tendencies where she would like talk yeah. you know villain with her opponent yeah there's delightful moments of cuff going um it's it's so it's so great because like so satirical goes he's here and then taylor just starts talking like knowing that scion and we know it's scion yeah, yeah. like we didn't have to be told that obviously he who who else is he and cuff's like um you're doing that villain <laughs> mastermind thing yeah. it's great yeah i really um, it was fun and, yeah, there's great lines in here. Uh, Rachel's great in this. Oh, uh, everyone likes yes. the ma- manipulating assholes after they've had a chance to do their manipulating, which is like, it. that is very true. So, like, she's so perceptive in just the right moments. You know, like, she's mm-hmm. always, like, she, I mean, she's, she's, she says that she's intimidated and, and doesn't understand social interaction. And she doesn't understand the, like, big, like, fanciful ones that don't necessarily have any, but, like, she can, she can read people really well but not the like the emotional bit you know like she can right. read through posturing and everything really well yeah yeah uh so then they uh slide down um after brutally killing some other case 53s yep. they slide down into um the very deep depths they uh, fight some um harbinger clones real mm, quick before harbinger. having a conversation with dr mother 
Um, so Sveta tries to hold Dr. Mother accountable for her the horrible things that has happen, have happened yeah. to her. And Dr. Mother tells her that she'll be judged at the end of the crisis in an afterlife or history. Yeah. And Sveta says that that's not yeah. enough. Um, then Sion arrives, uh, noticing the vials, um, and then makes them all explode. Um, they flee into the flesh garden, and uh, Sveta crushes Dr. Mother's mm-hmm. skull. Also, Skitter already second triggered. That's what we yeah, another we thing learn. we learn. Yeah. I feel like Dr. Mother feels like one of those, like, the, like, villains who exist in, like, the government that's, like, untouchable. Or, like, in a position of power mm-hmm. that's untouchable. You know, because she mm-hmm. knows how to work within the system, you know? Mm-hmm. Sort of. Like, could you could you name an example from, like, history or fiction? I guess, like, people who know... I can't think of a specific one, but, like, people who, like, know how to, how to like, exploit the system so mm-hmm. that they are able to continue to exist and, like, mm-hmm. be exonerated from any sort of consequence right. while still, like promising to to be like like uh to face the music or whatever like i don't know i don't know how to quite articulate it but it's like she she feels like lawful evil to me Mm, i guess mm -hmm. yeah even though she's like in a she's not in any sort of government or law-based thing Mm. she just yeah to me her her actions feel like that but right yeah i don't know it didn't her death i feel like there was no there was no way for sveta to like get the catharsis or justice yeah it, it's it's really interesting right so like sveta is completely right that dr mother shouldn't just be able to say i'll be judged yeah. later by these immaterial things i'll uh, like punish me after i continue doing my mm-hmm. actions but also dr mother is right that like what do you want me to do yeah. right because it, as she says like cutting herself up is not enough mm-hmm. like what like torturing herself and then killing yourself it would not be it wouldn't be enough no matter how much pain yeah, right yeah. like an actual hell wouldn't be enough there doesn't seem to be anything that can make up for the horror yeah however like maybe i mean the first step is to just actually feel guilty to accept that what you did was fucked mm-hmm. up and that you could have done something else and that you should have done something else um rather than just like like yeah, she talks about how she doesn't lose any sleep anymore at all. She stopped losing sleep a very long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, <gasps> she like she's Bone the Saw prince. is undergoing that path. She's hmm? the prince in the Princess Bride. That's who she is. I do not remember the one where like Wesley is like you know like he's all the dismemberment and everything and and you know mm-hmm. yeah the pain. pain and all this. Um, but then like the prince is the prince, you know, so he can do whatever he wants. Mm. I I just don't remember nah, enough. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, continue. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fine. Um but um so just to finish, yeah, off, finish off the thought is that like you can compare and contrast mm-hmm. Bonesaw and Dr. Mother who I, I mean their actions come from very different places. Um there's no greater good for Bonesaw, yeah. but like 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 she Which wasn't I trying to maybe be good. the greater good is art. Yeah. I think it's comparable, but it's also like Yeah, yeah. They are comparable in that Bonesaw is undergoing the path of making amends. She will never make amends. She knows that, but she is, like, trying mm-hmm. and struggling. And Dr. Mother is not. She's refusing to even take that yeah. first step. Yeah, she's so totally unattached to what she has, like, the con- like the the emotional consequences of what she has done that I feel like she would never, like, 
there is there is no way that that she her death or anything could have could make up for what she has done you know mm-hmm. which all of this to say i i do think that her death is poetic still right um, yeah in a sort of like gothic romantic 18th century european literature kind of way i guess yeah i mean like it's i think it's frankenstein yeah, yeah i was thinking frankenstein but i wasn't sh- quite sure i didn't know if it was more like yeah i guess so because she's like but then he doesn't die at the end does he i think he does oh yeah he does he does and he dies in the arms of the ship captain yeah, yeah i think yeah. so who was writing a letter and explaining all of this yeah, yeah. okay it's frankensteinian yeah I, I think also, like, it, the other adaptations of Frankenstein definitely do, do, do that more, I think. Um, anyway, um, also, I, I would love to see someone really read into, like, the method of death and, like, things that that can symbolize, mm. like, her being wrapped around and crushed to yeah. death. I don't know if there's anything there, but I, I think it's worth looking into. Anyway. Um, yes. Yes. And we learned a lot about Taylor having a second trigger and how powers yeah, work. Yeah, there was and, a lot of and, and good, good bit of like that. explanation there. Yes. Uh, but then mm, we enter yes. uh, the, 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 where our, our final scenes take place before the final interlude, mm. uh, the Garden of Eden, um, a.k.a. Fuckster. Mm. Uh, it's this gargantuan, um, like, endless sculpture yeah. of limbs and body yeah. parts and torsos and also effects. Um, and it's all beautiful and, like, wrong, but not really. It doesn't feel wrong looking mm. at it, apparently. It's all like comforting, almost. Yeah. Um. So uh, Taylor dodges it through it. So um, like enigmatic, not enigmatic, but like a magnetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Like I feel like it would be very hard to look yeah. away. Like there's all this talk about fractals, and I find that really interesting. Of like your mind just continuing to flow along and never actually getting to a center. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it makes me think of like um. Well, we were thinking about gods and and demigods but it makes me think of uh that one that has like a hundred hands or something and all the eyes all over there oh yeah the heck and tonkeries i think I feel like yeah it's the hundred-handed giants yeah before the uh the the, the titan mm-hmm. siblings that helped the gods yep yeah but um so uh taylor dodges through it using her her flight back her arm is destroyed mm-hmm. um she uh eventually faces off um, against Lung, comparing herself um, to Jack in Green yep. Boy, and she she gets him um, to like burn it, doesn't she? To like yeah, to like it cauterize it. Also, is that her I think like so, yeah. plan? I don't know. Yeah, it just I think that huh, sounds painful. It was. <laughs> yeah. Um, they make a plan to get out um, of this terrible situation using. A combination of uh, Alexandria, Gollum's hands, um, the Siberian, and uh, the Number mm-hmm. Man to form the the defense, yes, basically. Yes. With Sveta being a distraction, as Cyan arrives, observing everything before uh, she throws body parts at him. Yeah, Eden's body parts, his wife's it's body just parts, so essentially. Horrible. It's pretty effective. I, uh, I it's perfectly understandable that it's effective, you know. Yeah. And then he scours the remains. Yeah. Ah, yes. Um. Also, I just. I mean, I know we already went to like to the visuals and all of this, and we could talk about the thematic implications later. But like, I want to share with you my first reactions. Um. Mm-hmm. Very specifically quoted from my notes with exclamation okay. points. Um. 
two in the first and one in the second and third. So here it is. Okay. Skyon is Scion is here for his love, his compliment, his fucking cinnamon apple, <laughs> which is wonderful. And I said before it like yes. um, even felt like a art installation at the moment, but it also was like mm-hmm. like this wall of plaster limbs or like mm-hmm. the like the the like plaster casts of like rockers dicks that like groupies and hippies uh-huh. made where they like make yes. it like they would put it on the wall and like i don't know it just i, I feel like it's just like this mass of beings you know mm-hmm. yeah i mean like there's there's a lot of different things you can compare mm-hmm. it to right it's like a human turned into like a building yeah. almost right it also orgy imagery yeah. i'm just like that's if you have a bunch of limbs sticking around everywhere yeah, it's very grecian that's yeah um, i know we already said yeah, that before so. but like in terms of like a uh ah shit the thing that is above the like entryway a freeze i promise i took art um, history i know things but i definitely forgot it i don't know about um, let's pretend that that's the truth i don't <laughs> yeah i just i i don't know anything about being above doorways but the freeze sounds yeah, where it's like all these too, like beings like, a wall thing. like mesh together and they're like marble <gasps> that's what it is that's what it is mm-hmm. that's what it feels like is marble mm. you know mm. um right with the grayness yeah yeah, yeah. there you go yep yeah. <laughs> i wonder it, it might be described in eden's interlude i'm not sure but if in her complete form she also would have been golden mm. or if she would have been silver or if she would have remained gray yeah. or what. Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't know. That is interesting. Because, like, was Scion, like, when he was, like, a flapping being, was he also gray? Yeah. Hmm. Well, all of the body parts are created. They're yeah. new. Yeah. Like, but if he w- when he was first experimenting and pulling together a form, yeah, was it gray? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Hmm. Interesting. Also, such a strange idea that it's, like, it, like Eden's, like... Not even, like, fully dead. Yeah, she's brain dead. That's horrible. But she's not dead dead. Yeah. Like, that's a horrible thing for scientists to just, like, enter into mm-hmm. and discover. And it's also interesting how, like, this isn't, like, her actual body body. Yeah. Like, this is just her physical manifestation. Like, this is her scion body, mm-hmm. right? Where, like, his entire self is actually not there except for his human brain. Yeah. And yet, like, because that is where her consciousness was at her moment of death, like, she still dies, right? And all of, like, like all, all the cauldron capes, case 53s and, and the other ones, they all have, like, a piece of her inside mm-hmm. them. And so, like, I don't know, it's just a very interesting oh, yeah. nature of, like, she's alive but not yeah, alive. And it's like he's following crumbs of her body. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. that's horrible. He's so, yeah. like... Because that body's not her full self. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I don't know. Just so... Oh, yeah, that was the other thing that I was thinking about. Uh, that she, like, resembled. Because, uh, like, he comes upon this corpse, right, of his counterpart, and it's, like, pilfered, like, a chocolate chip pancake with all the chocolate chips taken okay. out. You know, because, like, right, they, like, they took, Cauldron took Eden to, like, hmm. take all those pieces, right, all those shards. I think you know? so, yeah. I don't know. It's just... Oh, yeah, also, I, it, the way that it's done, I, I don't know how it's done. It makes me think, like... Did they like chop off yeah, an like arm where power is happening, and then they because yeah, they use a mining metaphor, and then they blend it down, and you're actually like drinking liquefied arm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to put it to put it bluntly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It just it just seems horrific. This whole thing. like oh yeah, St- start, yeah to start to finish every just, part of it because it's just I like culture is just so horribly clean and like. In my mm-hmm. mind, in my mind, they are very, like, clean and, like, 
Yes. Like, with I think no so. Dust. Like barely yeah, even dust. Yeah. Yeah. Those sort of like terrifying scientific laboratories, you know, that they have in movies. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It just, mm-hmm. I feel like that's like a larger fear than, than like the end of the world. Because the end of the world is like mm-hmm. grimy, you know? And there's yeah. like comfort of living. But like this feels just mm-hmm. dead. Everything's dead. Yeah. Um, so uh, Taylor is in a really messed up mm-hmm. state. Um, she is missing an arm uh, amongst like many yeah. other injuries. She's not able to stand. Her actual, Her head is hanging and she's seeing through her bugs. She's floating with her flight pack. Um, yeah, there's, ah, oh, it's horrible. Like, there's... She's just very creepy. Who, like, points it out. I feel like it's Imp, who's like... I think so, too. You have a good vibe of creepiness, but, like, this is, like, next level it's or coming, something. It, it's it's coming from, like, you were always creepy, creepy before, but it was on purpose then. Yeah. This is just you now. Yeah. I don't know. She just, ah, uh, she, she, like, this whole time, like, I feel like there's just been, like, this buildup of pain in her body that she's just carrying so like there's mm-hmm. when when she goes to see panacea i think or or maybe before that i don't know like i feel like mm-hmm. it is i feel like it's when she goes to see panacea and panacea takes her pain away mm-hmm. um yeah it's so much she just it's like, like she goes it, it, relief so much that she almost yeah, blacks like, that's, out oh that's so much to carry but it's also at the same time yeah. her body is like mimicking her mind like her costume did like she's like physically carrying the weight of like all these expectations she has placed upon herself and that like mm-hmm. everyone else is placed upon pair humans to like save them from Sion. Like, I feel like she is, she has taken that into her body. Um, mm-hmm. and then her, her body's like falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, just to finish off, they mm-hmm. escape. Um, Taylor is so desperate to do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, she tells Panacea to unlock her power. First bone saw and then Panacea steps in. And yeah. um, our last sentence of this arc is that it all goes wrong. I think that's one of the, again, one of the few like <sighs> real cliffhangers yep. that Wadba has done where it's like, we don't know. Yeah, yeah. we don't know how it goes wrong. It's just like this sinking feeling in your stomach where you're like, ugh, dang it. Yeah. She intentionally doesn't ask her, one of her best friends, mm-hmm. Lisa, who clearly yep. cares about her, about this. Um, and even Bonesaw is unsure. Um, I have no idea what it is that makes Panacea really feel like she needs to do yeah, this. I don't know. Like she, she could have just not. Like because that's also I'm not, I'm not that's also like a her. thing. I'm like just, she doesn't she doesn't yeah. do that. Which I'm yeah. yeah. I'm just surprised that she yeah decided that she to. like bends her rules specifically for Taylor. Which makes me wonder like is is it something that like is it based on her feeling like she owes Taylor something? from their previous mm-hmm. interactions or is it like taylor just does like she knows how to get to panacea like 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 that mm. conversation with she got pretty close yeah, that first like time with, with yeah. jack and everyone um jack and and panacea and and taylor in the high school standoff i feel like she's one of those people that can talk her way into panacea's mind and kind of like yeah. switch her and like kind of warp her into rationalizing alongside her um yeah which I don't know. There may be other I, I, motivations. But... I, on a different um, angle, mm-hmm. I wonder if Panacea was doing this partly because, like, as, as a like test of her, like, I can do this. I can affect brains, and I can fix my sister. Yeah, which would be so maybe sad that yeah. like I feel like that would be so disheartening. Uh, at at the very end, 
by the way, um, uh, Victoria is is placed next to. Tennessee. I did notice that. And we don't see exactly what happens. I did notice yeah. that. Yeah, um, that is interesting. So I suppose it was even if there, even if that wasn't her particular intention. Um, I feel like she like that's always in the back of her mind. Yeah. So uh, now we come to our our final chapter. Uh, how what's our time? By the way, eh, it's only hey, three hours. I'm it's not that very bad. Very impressed. I'm very impressed. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, so because uh, Contessa's intro is in two parts. Mm-hmm. The first half is from Eden's perspective. Um, she is flying through the void, and we can almost immediately tell that she's like more put together than Siren was in his mm-hmm. interlude. It just seems more thought yeah. out. She kind of seems annoyed with him, actually. She does. Well, because she seems like she's feeding him information, and then she's like off doing her own thing. And mm-hmm. she's like, you don't need yeah. like, go away. I'm doing my thing. Like, leave me alone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she, uh, takes a detour and um, exchanges with a third entity, um, mm-hmm. which is like a, a violent exchange of shards. Is, yeah. And she simulates a, a, a far vision of the future with um, Andbringers involved. It's really dark. We see a, a bunch of different pair humans. Actually, were you able to identify I them? I feel like I was, I was sort of confused. I feel like I, I wanted, like they felt okay. familiar, but I wasn't mm-hmm. quite sure how... Like who everybody was. Okay, I'm not gonna point them out. Um, it, it, I will tell you after this this recording, you should go back and and read it and, but are and they, try are to they identify like, them if they, you can. Most of them are people that every we know. every one of them that we see on screen, you should be able to. Yeah, recognize, see, I, I feel think. like I I feel like I got some of them, but then I think I got confused because they were calling themselves different names. Mm-hmm. They so, yeah, all had so different I names. Like, yeah, I have to remember all of their like physical attributes mm-hmm. yeah yeah and I, I think even some of them might have like slightly different mm-hmm. powers too like their trigger events must yeah. have been different um yeah it's a very dark future where everyone is locked like because both her and Sion are, are yeah. active who also Sion does not talk or anything it's just her mm-hmm. being active um there is no hope for yeah. humanity yeah. at all uh, she anytime someone even gets a suspicion about them she blocks the possibility forever yeah yeah i did i noticed that and she blocks the ability for peace um she has it's, so it's much very, power very dark like in terms of, yeah. of like preemptive and and uh deterrent power and and she's like lying straight to them deceiving them and, like acting it's it's like she just seems like truly like a malicious yeah, entity yeah. well because like scion feels like he's discovering how mm-hmm. to deal with grief and how to be angry and how to exact violence, but it's like yeah. she seemed to know already. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I wonder how much of that is with her connection to that third mm-hmm. entity because it like gave shards and and stuff that like gave her a new perspective, including like philosophy and, yeah, and things. Yeah. So I wonder. Oh, also, actually, I forgot to note this. Um, well, okay, we'll we'll return to the entity's purpose mm-hmm. in a second because I I should have put a thing down for that. Um, but um, yeah, we're, we're like maybe this is kind of like actually this is tied in with their purpose. So the the entity's purpose, as we are laid out here, and I think I took it for granted that it was revealed to be this in in Silence mm-hmm. Interlude. I don't actually think know if it's like really focused on, but Eden talks about how like the actual purpose of the entities is to stop the heat death of the universe so that they can keep reproducing forever. Right? Oh. That's their purpose. So they like, they want to stop it, like. Sh- the end of oh. the universe. And so the reason, like, be- because 
their their cycle forever has been on their original planet right was to constantly reproduce use up all the resources die off you know do it again oh and God, again until like finally they were dialectically able to dialectically the same like just above like pair humans like what do you mean they're like the step like they're the step they're the hierarchically above but it's almost like they have the same end goal or like they're trying to present mm-hmm. prevent the end of the world so they can keep going right yeah so it's like yeah, basically yeah. what pair humans are doing except a step above them in a, in a lot of different ways actually i think the so like i think actually the entities are kind of the peak of utilitarianism okay. actually um where I, like there is no bigger like threat to reality than the end of yeah. the universe right like that is the worst thing that could mm-hmm. happen it, well i mean i guess there's like different versions of that that would be, yeah, be even yeah. worse like if everyone was tortured and then the universe then that, that would be, be worse but they're trying to end that but they're doing horrible things along yeah, the way yeah. right and i think it, so to finally connect to the thought that sent me on this tangent is that maybe being given philosophy and things without having that moral code mm, right yeah she just has the intellect and none of the morality yeah. ends up leading her to do all these things so they're like cauldron except a step above yeah exactly they are called and here's the thing is that like humanity trying to get them to not end the world is like actively actively fighting against their noble yeah. goal right yeah however they could do it in a different way that didn't lead to so that much yeah. terrible things. Didn't lead to like, like all the destruction yeah. of all these. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, like the like the the entities have done the most permanent damage to some. Like mm-hmm. they they are trying to save the universe for themselves. Yeah, of to, course. Obviously, right? Yeah. yeah. But they are um, like all the the planets with all these like life forms, which have been hundreds and hundreds, right? Or, or countless mm-hmm. times. They destroyed every single version of that Earth, yeah. of, of, of those planets. So, like, in no universe do these creatures exist anymore. Yeah, that's so... None of them. And that's like, such a loss, such like an enormous... Such a... That's so counterproductive. Yeah. And and they don't need to be doing that, but because they're so focused on, like, the most... Of, the only effective way that they do know, they don't have imagination, yeah. they continue on doing these horrible things. Mm. And is it, do you think it's all of them? Because, like, there's a bunch of these, right? I... Wandering around. Yeah, we don't do they know. All have this sort of inclination, or do some of them adopt morality? It's it, we don't know, and like the original in Science and Truly, we see how one of the entities sacrificed itself mm-hmm. to send a message to everyone to cooperate and and you know to band together yeah. basically. So yeah, we don't know. Maybe there is a moral entity out there. Maybe Abaddon that entity the the third one it had philosophy other ways of generating ideas other than melee conflict maybe its entire being when it gets to work actually doesn't destroy Mm -hmm. everything we don't know yeah yeah that's so interesting yeah yeah so sorry for uh going on a a monologue there Um, there's a lot of ideas wrapped up in there um and we'll talk about that possibly more next episode um yeah yeah. Um, so the one note here is um, the way that they communicate is interesting. Oh, yes. Right? Yeah. So yeah, my <laughs> my note was. Uh, um, yes. The oh yeah because it, well I just thought it was really interesting because they are so limited and they're presumably like I mean we're getting verbal of their communication right, right? but we don't necessarily know all the like what they are how much they're able to reference with a single right um, you know. Uh, 
linguistic cue, I guess you could say. I mean, mm-hmm. to like when they go destination, yeah. right? They are actually they've done a, a, a lot of it, like the the word destination actually tells them exactly what the point, time, and probably way to mm-hmm. get there. It, it can includes all that information. Yeah, there's like huge amounts of of unstated um, knowledge that they are exchanging, presumably. Um, right. I don't know. It just seems really interesting, especially if you take into account that um, Eden is is at the same time not telling Sion everything. Mm-hmm. So then, so then there's like an additional subliminal um, message sent with the way that she says mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It was just it was really interesting how much they communicated with how little yeah. they did. I guess. It, it, yeah. It sort of feels to me like like so there's a the idea right that we can never get we can never tell someone truly what mm-hmm. we mean by yeah. something like we every single act of communication is an act of approximation <sighs> yes, of interpretation yes. so n- we can continue talking more and more about an idea and we'll get closer and closer to communicating what we I truly mean but we'll never actually there. complete it <sighs> and um, that's why you can write for so sort of like pages and pages and hmm? words and words and never yeah. get to exactly what you want to say right uh, which is why Foucault is so confusing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, is yeah, the sort of Zeno's mm-hmm. paradox never reaching thing. And so, like, they, I think, like, still have that. But, like, it's such, they, they do so much communication for each word that it's as close as you can possibly get to not being yeah. that way, I think. That's my guess. Yeah, it's very interesting. So, um, the entity having simulated the uh, future prepares to land on Earth. This is the only vulnerable point. It discards its future site for one second, and that's all it takes. Yeah. By discarding the future site, it, it didn't look close enough, I guess, mm-hmm. to, to its near future, and um, it's blind. It crashes to the planet uh, in, a, in a vulnerable state. The, so then um, Contessa wakes up, and we have her part. One second. Uh, she's a little girl suddenly given the power to do whatever she sets out to do if it is yeah. possible. So she uh, makes herself remember the dream um, and then uh, has to make the decision of she can either save her family or mm-hmm. save the world and she chooses to save the yeah. world. Which is very noble, um, but also she, like a lot mm-hmm. to take when you are a child that you just like yeah. wake up and immediately have this mission that you have been handed or that you have chosen to take upon right. yourself. And you just leave everything. It, that you yeah, know. and it's such a, it's so, yeah, it, it's extremely noble as a kid knowing that she has to put the world before her family, which she hasn't even seen any yeah. part of the world. She lives in a in a rural mm-hmm. village. On she's not even from Earthbed. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Um, so she she travels almost quest like. She finds Eden where there's some other portals and people around, um, including uh, who will later be named mm-hmm. Doctor Mother. Um, she tries to go kill Eden, um, but uh, in the, Eden's already setting up blocks, changing her power on the fly, and she's not able to do it until Dr. Mother puts her hands on um, Contessa's knife hand and kills yeah. Eden. So um, because of the blocks, Fortuna, or, uh, Fortuna doesn't know how to fight mm-hmm. Sion. Um, so how do you defeat something really big? You build an army or yeah. something. And that's how they set out to do the actions yeah. of Cauldron. Our chapter finishes basically with her faking her death. Um, we get foreshadowing of what's going on in the mm-hmm. next section. Yeah. Taylor being unrecognizable, Weaver. Um, and we kind of get the impl- implication that she's sort of joined up with yeah. Teacher. Yes, yes. 
and Trickster, who was unexpectedly present. Yeah, I think he gets wiped out at the yeah. end, though. Alas. But it was kind of fun to see him yeah, again. Yeah, he... Even, even just for a moment. <laughs> for a second. He wasn't... Do- he was not no. doing good. Yeah. No. Um... Yeah, so it's this interesting thing where, like, she gets to choose what she wants to do, but in the act of doing it, she doesn't really get much influence at all. Um, And she talks about how, like, easy everything has become because of it. And I think that kind of, like, makes it worse for her is that, like... Yeah, because it doesn't feel like an accomplishment if it's so easily mm, achieved. Part of it, yeah. I don't know. And, like... In she's given the ultimate power to like choose what happens in a universe to basically take away other people's free will yeah, at will, yeah. right? Except that kind of takes away her own free will because like she has to act in the optimal mm-hmm. way to do the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has to take the steps in order for it to happen. Yeah. Right. She she never deviates from a path while the path is going. I I don't I don't think we see her do that yeah. once. I don't know. I I feel like she she has like almost. Not not necessarily like an opposite power to like accord, but it seems mm-hmm. like where he's he's handing out all of these like very detailed manuals for everyone else. For her, it's like she has to follow the manual, you know, like however mm-hmm. long that it could possibly be. I don't know. Maybe it's just the steps bit. I think like her 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 own free will is in question by her ability to take away other yeah. people's free will, yeah. essentially. And she, so she like asks others to kind of make the decisions for her because like it's so it's so much power. It's a lot of power. It's a lot of <laughs> it's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Um. Yeah. For someone, I don't know. It's just she just is so immediately thrust into this life that she now has to follow um to the end. And she seems, I mean, yeah. at the end, it's in this moment in this in this interlude where she's like thinking about that with she has her whole little monologue about about dr mother and and her death and her own death and other people not she would she wouldn't be sympathetic for Mm -hmm. where she has become something that she does not love or like empathize with if that makes Mm -hmm. sense Um, yeah she yeah she doesn't like what she's become i don't think don't don't call me fortuna anymore i don't know what the symbolism of fortuna and contessa is and i will look it up before next Mm. episode um, okay, Contessa. that is the covering of uh, arcs 27 through 29. You can kind of tell why we don't want to do 30 and 10 or uh, and talk about the book as a whole right now. Oh, my God. Five hours. That would have been, been more than five hours. At, at least, least five yeah. hours. I mean, I think after five hours, we've been like, yeah. okay, no more. But yeah. Um, okay, so uh, what do we have to say about this section as a whole now that we've gone through it? Um, there's... A lot. There's a lot that happened, um, which is to say, at the same time that there's a lot that we've experienced wandering through, like the plot of it. There was also a lot that we missed in just terms of like mm-hmm. the end of the world bits. You know, where like everybody's like rebuilding the world, like because right. we pop in later on um, in Tenerial, Tenerial, um, Tenerial. Uh, I think maybe I've been mispronouncing I, no, it the whole I time. You're I don't correct. know. There's there's not an e at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, where we see we see the progress that has happened, but like we're we're kind of you know unaware of of the majority of what's going on, right? Because we're we're in the midst of solving the the exigent problem at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like it's also um, I got thinking about it, and I feel like it's it's a building's Roman um, mm-hmm. at its heart, w- which, which is which like is? Um, like a coming of age type novel. Um, mm-hmm. 
Ah. Where it's like... Oh, it's the French roman. Yeah. Oh, makes sense. yeah. I think it's German. Um. Oh. Well, <laughs> I guess they have a root yeah, exchange yeah. thing, probably. Uh, you know. I don't know. Uh, European languages. They have such nice overlaps. In strange places. In strange places. places. Um, yeah. Oh, well, because, like, in, in the heart of this section is is taylor like we we are there with taylor like as she's grappling so heavily with herself um i mean there's all this other stuff that's happening and she has like her plans and and she's been doing that this whole time but like this is really like in this climactic section this is where she's sort of coming to terms um with mm-hmm. how to define herself as she is now right um, yeah yeah and then at the same time there's like you know bending and folding and recutting of templates and the subversion of like a bunch of different tropes and all of that and i don't know but i feel Mm. like still at the core it's like her determining herself you know yeah 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 i wonder what her making that last decision like is that what she thinks taylor Mm -hmm. would do yeah I, i don't know well i wonder does she make that choice because she made that choice before of like mm. cutting ties and like you know mm-hmm. becoming something that she could not have before yeah that's interesting the last time that she followed a, one of the notes she became yeah. weaver so i don't know hmm. and, and actually um when she became skitter was when dinah was mm-hmm. captured so that's an interesting i don't know i still feel like dinah is like parallel yeah, like time. dinah's her uh uh I don't know what they're called, but the like the witches that that tell Macbeth what to do. I feel mm-hmm. like yeah, the yeah. three witches. I think I feel like Dinah is that to Taylor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I'm really like not um, living up to my claim that I was not a Shakespearean <laughs> literature <laughs> person. It's just That's I've been fine. reading they're it. Universal. Uh, yeah. Alas, I started reading um, uh, Two Gentlemen of Re- Re- Verona, <sighs> and then it was too relatable, and I had to put it down. <laughs> Ah, it's like no, yeah, no, such fun. Um, okay. Uh, yes. Well, what did you think about the book? Uh, as a whole? One other thing. Uh, so uh, this section structurally, I think, is just really interesting. How it has like very clear cut rise and mm-hmm. fall um, waves, um, where like I think often in other parts of Worm, it's not muddled, but they're like it, the rises and falls are in like quick succession or like there's like two rises real quick with like barely a Mm -hmm. fall in between you know thinking about the slaughterhouse nine arcs each of them so um and this one right there's arc 26 with jack Mm -hmm. rising at the apocalypse that's the peak and then arc 27 first falls dealing with the apocalypse and then rises with the oil Mm -hmm. rig um and then arc 28 is all fall all building there's no climax there at all um in comparison and then arc 29 is all rising up to that final yeah. thing with cauldron uh f- for the f- er, for the final climax in arc 30 mm-hmm. with taylor transforming and i think that is another arc 30 is another big yeah, yeah. rise um because there's like there's like a scion attack then recovery scion attack recovery scion attack recovery cauldron attack yeah. capri yeah i just found it interesting yeah it is yeah it, it does it does definitely have a bunch more like um uh fluid i guess the lulls yeah like it feels yeah like more like waves and there's the, the lulls in between the big stuff there are much longer yeah i think yeah or they just feel long i don't know well because like some of the other movement felt much more like a uh like a march i guess um mm-hmm. just in terms of like the rhythm of it where it's like 
the cadence yeah. is is like there is definitely movement but it's also like you know like a very high very low like movement like there's a there, it's it's very dynamic um whereas this feels mm-hmm. much more like a i can't think of another music reference but like not scales because that's too like step by step but like more uh more like a ship swing i suppose i don't know i don't know how to i don't know how to mm-hmm. describe it in words and not hand movements <laughs> and sound mm-hmm. the rocking back but, and forth yeah, yeah yeah i think um yeah more of like more, maybe more of like a slower like violin piece mm. that that mm-hmm. devolves yeah. into like intensity in moments but like still has that fluidity to it mm-hmm. i think i see what you mean yeah 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 mm-hmm. um yeah we'll have more to say about this section and just worm as a mm. whole uh next overview episode the the very yeah. last one um, i'm so excited sorry, y- y- y'all uh, i bet a lot of y'all thought that we discussed the the very ending here <laughs> nope <laughs> sorry <laughs> surprise terrible um, surprise yeah but there will be another three hours next yeah. week i'm sure um so uh we would do a clearance speculations section right here uh but there's not really anything no, I, to speculate i no guess you could speculate on ward but i i think we should hold off yeah. on that like yeah let's at maybe next episode but even then it's like that's not really is it like is it a I don't direct know, I, it's it is a sequel it follows directly to worm. after where it's like building in the mm, no no like like it's not like scion part two or something mm-hmm. you know like it's the story of worm the story of taylor ends and ward is another story that happens at some point after the events of worm in the world of worm. okay okay so it's they're in the post-apocalyptic world at this moment right the the yes the apocalypse is in yeah, the past okay i'm saying things as vague as possible um but i i don't know like like speculations is not like what's gonna happen next i don't know it just doesn't feel yeah. like i mean yeah uh like i i didn't read ward for like a, a very yeah until worm mm. was done and I had read Worm like four years before yeah, or something yeah. like that. Um, I don't actually know how many, but it was like a while. And I think that having the time in between them and help me like have a, a, a full, complete idea about Worm before going into Ward. Mm. I, I don't know. I just like, I'm not going to tell you to just start reading Ward right away after. I think it's a little yeah. too soon, but that's my opinion. Yeah. So if, if y'all out there uh, want to <laughs> yell at me for not telling... Clancy immediately read Ward. Uh, feel free, please. Yeah, do share. Um, yeah, do it. Uh, <laughs> you guys can send us an email, email about it or anything like that. Um, but instead, in the section, mm-hmm. uh, you suggested that we um, maybe talk about like the, the like loose uh, ends yes. and stuff, or what we want to know that happens after yeah. Worm. I still wonder of Cherish, mostly because yes. she. Ha- I like her. <laughs> <laughs> And I want to know what happens. Yeah. And also, are there like other, yes. like Slaughterhouse Nine clones wandering around? You know, mm-hmm. how are they doing? I think like Taylor had like found some. Yeah, she, in the did. Wild. she did. I don't she know like where she left them, them during during the the whole teleporting everyone around also thing. Also, sleeper. But... I mm-hmm. want to know. Yes, you you Cause... actually you you asked me before recording this. What is and I I don't know, Claire. It's, it's just so fascinating. It's like a siren mm-hmm. call to me or yes. maybe gaia because he was know. uh-huh interesting well because i imagine gaia is like a sleeping face because of rick reardon who's mm-hmm. influenced my right. my perspective <laughs> understanding of the great oh, gods. so frustrating yeah. Yeah. um but you know endearing yeah. 
Yeah. I don't really think, though, that there's that many, like, loose ends. In war. Like, I think almost everything gets tied up at the end. We, we touch on all of them. There yeah. aren't. They, like, they... It's really, really well done in terms of, like, going through and, like, checking in with everybody. And it's nice and wonderful. And it makes me Yeah. I mean, there's plenty... Happy. There's There's people who, like, were cut short. Yeah. Right? Like, um... You know, uh, Dauntless and the others, right? Everyone who died during the Leviathan fight, like yeah. Kaiser and uh, Aegis, like, we didn't get their full arcs, but, like, they, they're they not wandering no, around, no, right? Not. So, huh, Yeah. I do. I just want to, like, go on adventures with Imp, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Or Rachel. Yeah. That seems more nice. Yes. And less yes. full of potential torture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because, I don't know. Yes. Her life, like, just seems nice out in the wilderness living mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, i'm really excited to talk about her uh chapter in general uh, next week too. it's a good one they're, they're very good very good ending they chapters are. yeah um okay <laughs> <laughs> i think that's what we got um was, ending worm was great we'll be talking about um arc 30 spec and uh, tenoral and just worm as a whole um next week uh so that comes out the 19th 18th 18th so uh next 18th that is when uh yeah we'll be talking about all of that oh what is occurring in doof media so the what, the very day that this episode comes out uh a doof cast comes out as well um the legend of cora uh, doof cast on, on season two um which is a uh, this is a wonderful thing where Ruben and Elliot get on the uh, Doofcast with Scott and Matt um, and talk about Legend of Korra. Or, I mean, they, they've done this for Avatar Last Airbender every season. It was wonderful discussion every time. So I'm really looking forward to hearing that. Um, also, I should mention that the uh, fan art contest ended, what, last week? The week before? A while ago. Uh, so you can go see uh, the, 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 the winners of the contest. Um, I don't think I've shown you them yet. They're very, very cool. I would um, like to see them a lot. Although I think they were mostly um, pale fan art, but they're still mm. like... Well, psh, that's yeah. fine. I want to see. Actually, actually, let me look if they're spoilery. I don't think they are. I like looking are. at people's art. Um, so uh, the results of the... The Pale Reflections and Decomposing Worm fan art contest is complete, so we have our winners. Um, the winner, I, I want to announce them, is uh, The Devils You Know by Akila, and the runner-up was Demon of Darkness Diorama by Steed. So they're very, very cool. Um, Ooh, those sound uh, very interesting. Yes, so De- Demon, of De- Demon of Darkness Diorama is an actual diorama someone did of a scene in Pact, which is very, very cool. Whoa. Um, and uh, The Devils You Know is a, a very... Um, it's beautiful. So I, I, I think, honestly, Clarence, I think you, you would be fine if you look at these, like, a couple of them would, like, technically be spoilers, like, but you don't want to have the context to place any of it, It'll so I fine. think, honestly, it would be, be fine. fine. Uh, and they're they're all wonderful, all the honorable mentions and everyone else that submitted. Thank you so much. You guys are incredible. Um, I, I love the fan art contests. They're just so, it's just some, I'm, I'm happy that, like, we can help people create something, yeah. you know? Yeah, I don't um, know. There's just such joy in creating something for something that you love. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is what we have for all this week. Um, so if you like what we do here at Doof Media, you should consider donating a single dollar per month, or you know whatever else uh, that you can afford, uh, because it's due to um, 
the generosity of our patrons, you know, that we're like able to create shows like this and we can do all these cool things like the fan art contest and um, there's like bonus episodes. Um, yeah, there's a lot of like community content that you can like enjoy in. That's right. The um, the, uh, so, so finally, I know I've been talking up, talking it up for a very long time, mm-hmm. but Jarvis and I finally got together to record our uh, defense of Pilae Maga Matica Magica. We finally recorded it. It is, it is uploaded. It is on the, the Patreon at the $10 level. Um, and you can listen to uh, me and, and Jarvis do a doof-over, uh, talking about Polymagi, Madoka Magica, in a very positive way. And um, I think we are we are planning to also cover the uh, movie that came out after it, which is also, it's a wild movie. If you, oh? if you haven't watched it and you do know of Polymagi, Magica, it's worth it for just the, how ludicrous it is at times. So I'm very, looking, very much looking forward to talking about that Man. as well. So you can go to patreon.com slash doofmedia and see all the great patron rewards we have, including the bonus content. Mm-hmm. Also, or you should consider donating to Wildbo's Patreon, um, because Wildbo is like the the creator of... I mean, that's obvious. Because Wildbo <laughs> is an artist um, and a creator, and we should support, you know, our community creators. Plus, also, Wildbo has, like, made the space for us to, like, exist within and interact with each other, and also yeah. with Wildbo. So, like, I don't know, we should... It's important to to um, appreciate those who have who have who create in the community. I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, for one thing, Worm is like thirty books, mm-hmm. so I haven't paid thirty books worth of dollars for this. So maybe consider. Uh, but of course, if you don't have the money for Patreon, we completely understand. But there are plenty of other ways to help Wildbow and us out. Mm-hmm. You can. Start reading Worm to someone just on the street. Just open up Worm and start, uh, you know, six feet, six away, feet away, and just start, you know, shouting the the first chapter of Worm yeah. at them. Um, it just, can be just like start a dramatic going, reading. Um, it was what? What was it? it? Was it was fifteen minutes till the bell rang? And all I could think was an hour's too long for lunch, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. How does that very first clause go? I don't remember. I don't either. Anyway. Um, you can uh, also um, you can vote for Worm on on Top Web Fiction Guide. There's always a link um, uh, under I think most chapters. In, uh, you can get into habit of doing that, um, and you can leave us a rating and review review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app, and um, that helps us get noticed. That helps you know you mention it to someone, and then they go to the description, and they're like, "Wow, five stars!" And someone said it was good, and then they're like, <laughs> "Wow, maybe I should." listen to the thing uh, <laughs> that is all super helpful um there are many ways to reach out to us please 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 send us our um your, your, your final questions for clarence um and and me as well because now we're on the same footing clarence yeah, i mean we've we've both read worm you read worm oh my god ah, fully decomposed fully decomposed <laughs> actually i think we not have quite, slightly more quite. but you have it is you have enveloped it yeah and there's yeah. only a little bit more breaking down to complete it, uh, you can reach us at uh, on Twitter at decomposing pod. That is where you find out how we inevitably uh, delay episodes. Not this one though. Yeah. Well, af- well, we did one. It was it's one week late, but it's not like a week and a day late. So yeah, like I'm, we're we're I'm doing pretty good. That. I'm I'm impressed. Yes, yes. And next week, it should be. I mean, like we read the thing. It's That's, not that yeah, hard. We, all we have to do we is do the okay. script. <laughs> yeah, it's not. And the, the overview scripts are not that yeah, bad. Yeah, we can totally. So, like, we'll be on time then. The time. crossing fingers. We won't be yes. late again. Knock on wood. We're a mess. I'm sorry. It's fine. <laughs> uh, uh. Sorry, y'all. 
Um, yes, do we definitely we're not apologize? Schedule people. No, I don't. It doesn't I, go mm, well. No, I'm not. It's just it's fairly antithetical to yeah. my being to do things just, consistently. Linear time is hard to stay oh, attached to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And another way to reach us is to send us an email at decomposingpodcast at gmail.com, or you can leave a comment on the Reddit thread or talk to us on Discord. Mm. I was about to say, add us. Don't add us on the Discord. Um, 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 uh, Clarence and I are also now on uh, the, the partner Discord, um, Iron Reach. So next week is the final um, two arcs of Worm, arcs uh, 30 spec and um, 30 point X Teneral the finale um yeah we wanted extra time to talk about it so we're gonna be talking about worm as a whole as well and just reactions of like like what is this giant web serial how do we classify this Mm -hmm. i don't know stuff like that yeah um lots of big so we're also we're still taking questions for clarence and questions for me um and then after next week we have our final perspectives episode and two weeks after that so very exciting Mm -hmm. yes i'm very excited about writing um writing about worm now that i have like the full picture and I have all mm-hmm. of the like mm-hmm. pieces of the puzzle put in. Um, right. Yeah. Very exciting. Hopefully, I'll get around to like friendship powers. You know, the power mm-hmm. of friendship. But who knows? We'll see. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>